Johnny Euphonic. This is the Patriots pregame show presented by Duncan. Harmon on a blitz. Goff throws it to the right. Gilmore's there. Intercepted at the four. Harmon forced the pick. And Gilmore comes up with it. Patriots pregame show is the world's largest virtual tailgate. Featuring fans of the six-time Super Bowl champion New England Patriots. Brady on her center. Gives to Michelle. Runs it left. A dive to the end zone. Touchdown Patriots. Michelle for six. That's the offense I know. That's the offense we love. Hardy, Paul Perillo, and Mike Dassault are here to do the grilling as your host. This week, the Patriots are home against the Cleveland Browns. James White cuts it up to the right arm, cuts it upfield, driving forward, it's diving to the goal line! It's still it! And a title I can't for the Patriots! It. I can't believe it! Hardy, Paul Perillo, and Mike Dassault deuce, deuce. are here to get you ready for the game. It's football time, fellas. Let's get into it. Now, live from our studios inside Gillette Stadium, Patriots Nation, welcome to the Patriots pregame show presented by Duncan. Welcome into the Patriots pregame show. It's Hardy Mike Dussault, Paul Perillo. As always, the uh, the best football analysis has been taking place before we went live. Um, football? Actually, we didn't mention football once. It's all about. All, all, it's been all music and all. Uh, I I th- I think top of mind because of today's opponent Absolutely. opponent Cleveland Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Absolutely got uh, us talking about rock. And roll. That's why together, we weren't talking. Right? That's why we weren't talking yeah, about exactly Jaws it. today. Usually it's it's Jaws pregame. Today <laughs> right. it was about rock and roll. Right, because normally the Patriots are playing the Nantucket Nancys, and uh, then we end up talking Jaws. Correct, because uh, amity, as you know, means friendship. Means friendship. Hello, friends. Uh, it is a CBS game today, too. It is. Is Nance I here? I don't believe Jim Nance is here. Nance isn't here? No. He used to be here every week. I what know. What happened to Nance? Maybe he's coming back with this little run. The Patriots' three-game winning streak, looking for four today. I saw. Maybe maybe by the end of the year we'll we'll have uh, you know Jim and, and Tony back. Yeah, I saw Evan Washburn out there. I don't know what that counts for, but not something. much. Yeah. That counts for something. Uh, Mary Good K- looks. Mary Kay Cabot is going to join us here at 11 o'clock. She's big time. Um, for uh, behind enemy time. lines, she is big time. Yeah, yeah, she's one of the most respected uh, beat writers out there. I agree. Uh, and uh, we've got a, a battle of a couple of teams here today. I, I don't think it's a stretch to say there are playoff implications for uh, for today's game. Absolutely. First of all, and and we'll get to that in a sec. Week ten. Can you believe it's week ten? It is moving rather it's going swiftly. Quick. And I, I know we say that every year. I know, but this season really does seem to be going very fast. Right. But let's talk about it just in terms of the implications for these two teams and their respective records today. Sneaky, lot at stake. Deuce. Yes, a lot at stake. And I, <clears throat> I mean, I think you look at the games over the next few weeks, especially in the AFC, I, I think they, they've got you know a couple games to give, but I, they've got to get in this. You look at this Cleveland, Atlanta. Uh, Indy, that, that kind of group of, and I'm not including Tennessee really right now or, or the Bills, but of this group of teams that, that are you know all fighting for playoff spots, Atlanta over in the over in the NFC, but it's it's just it's huge. These are these are the games, and I think the Patriots have put themselves in this position with three straight wins, and, and they they got to keep it rolling. But um, you know, Cleveland feeling real good about themselves. Obviously, huge uh, injuries to t- I guess you know COVID situation to talk about, but. Shorthand in their chances. They feel good. They, they had a big win last week. We'll, we'll see what they bring in here. I think it's just two teams that are kind of at similar places right now, and one's going to win, one's going to lose, and, and the results and the impact will definitely be felt at the end. Yeah, I think Mike is absolutely right. It's a two-game swing uh, either way, and you have one of those already in hand with the Chargers win, which was enormous for, for that reason. 
uh, we gave you a chance to not only win the game but but hold a tiebreaker down the road and another conference win. Um, you know, I'm I'm not a huge proponent, as you guys know, of you know the numbers in terms of the you know the, the football indexes and whatnot and the percentages because I think that they take into consideration you know assumptions. Uh, but the assumption on this from a win or a loss for both teams is enormous. The swing percentage of making the playoffs for both teams with a win is a good 50 percentage points higher than with a loss. So yeah, I, I, everybody understands the uh, the magnitude of this one. Just to back you up, Paul, I mean, 538 just, just came across my timeline from Ryan Spagnoli putting it up there. If, you know, Patriots win, 68% chance. He's got to get his little plugs if in they lose, his blogger buddies. <laughs> yeah. 32, if they lose, 32%. So, I mean, it's, you know, I, those numbers what, fluid. Uh, give those 68% again, 68% playoff chance if they win, 32 if they lose. So, big swing. Big swing. It's huge. So almost 40. I, I, yeah. I exaggerated a little bit. I thought 50 sounded high, but I wasn't going to say anything. No, I know. I, and I appreciate that, Hardy. In the ball. We are, we're off to a really nice start, a very cordial start for you and I today. Except and I think you nice. had a strong open today, too, with that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Except for the yelling back and forth about the police and Kiss and well, who's good, rush. who's not. I don't recall yelling about Kiss. No, I yelled about Kiss. Yeah, you and you yelled at Morell, not me. So I, I had no problem with that. I'm not yelling at Matt. I need him to press <laughs> the button. <laughs> I need him to press the button that will uh, begin the keys to the game. <laughs> you pay me. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you leave the keys up on the table? You wanted to. You've waited all week for it. The whole team's in the locker room right now, just listening to this, waiting to hear what you're going to say. Without these keys, the Patriots are destined and doomed to fail. Here are Hardy, Paul, and Mike's keys to the game. Why did I steal your key to the game also? Uh, you have the key. You have the right one. Keys to the game brought to you by Mike, Paul, and me, Hardy. Without these keys, the Patriots will not win today, and they will drop down into the 30-something uh, chance to make the playoffs. But with the win, they follow these keys. The win, they're up above 60. And, uh, you know, then we're talking uh, a postseason. So, Mike, why don't you lead us off? And, uh, uh, gentlemen, in the locker room there, gather yep. around, turn it up. Yeah, I don't know I don't know if, any, if anybody talked about Miles Garrett and, and Jadavian Clowney this week, but my key is, uh, is win the edge. Oh. Win the edge. And that's on both sides of the ball. Um, I think those two guys off the edge, you, you don't really – everything's been said about Miles Garrett and, and what a force he can be. Uh, good sign that you know Patriots have Trent Brown back. I don't know exactly how they're going to use him, assuming he is active after they activated him yesterday. Maybe just a third tackle, maybe just to help out on the edge. But I think it starts with keeping those guys off of Mac Jones, especially if we're hoping Ramondre Stevenson can go. But you know, if the running game's a little bit limited, you get in third and long. I think that's a dangerous, dangerous situation. So um, I think, and then on the defensive side of the ball. Wide zone running, you know, to the edges. I think that's really what they want to do to get their offense going. I think you need another performance like you had last week with the Patriots defensive ends and, and outside linebackers and edge setters, um, keeping the runs inside, keeping to Ernest Johnson um, from busting one and, and getting the edge. So kind of a mirror image on both sides of the ball, but I think it's kind of a, a key area for, for both teams, when, no matter who's on, 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 sorry, on offense. Um, uh, Miles Garrett is one of those players that makes this game kind of difficult to watch as a Patriots fan because oh. – Hold who your breath. <laughs> but who doesn't like that guy? Oh. I mean, don't you love well, watching him play? That quarterback from the Steelers yeah, I probably doesn't I think Mason like Rudolph is a big fan. <laughs> you know what? Mason Rudolph, I think he probably had it coming. <laughs> <laughs> Rudolph, with your nose so bright. Oh, wow. How long have you been holding on to that one? <laughs> All right. Last time he played for us. We're bringing needs, it back. Needs work. <laughs> All right. Um, so win the edge. Yeah. Both sides, says Mike Dussault. 
What do you got for us there, Paulie Paul? Well, I think it, this one is uh, pretty simple, and it's become a lot easier as the week has gone on with the news that Nick Chubb uh, will not be participating today because I think you want to put this game in the hands of Baker Mayfield and make him beat you. I think that's what the Patriots' defense has done when it's been at its best with Bill Belichick is they're able to take away um, what the other team wants to do the most and, you know, quote-unquote, make you play left-handed uh, a little bit. So to me, to make the – the Browns offense play left-handed today will be to have Baker Mayfield have to win this game. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can slow down the run enough to put them in obvious passing situations and make Mayfield make plays in those situations, I think the Patriots' job on defense becomes a lot easier. I think that's the key. All right. So force Mayfield to throw. Correct. And win the edge. I like it. I My like keys, it. Uh, force Mayfield to run and lose the edge. Right. It's <laughs> – Tough. It seemed like you were kind of trolling us. A little no, bit. no, no, no. Uh, mine's really about the backup running backs that we're going to see today. Um, and this seems to be a thing that, you know, as I've watched games over the years, if there is one player that is going to come into a game and unexpectedly have a standout performance, it's going to be a running back. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a four-touchdown performance like LeGarrette Blunt gave you against the Colts, and he wasn't quite a backup, but he was not a How about Jonas Gray? Yeah, there you go. That's what I meant to say. What did I say? LeGarrette Blunt. Oh, Jonas Gray and his four touchdowns against yeah. the Colts. We're cu- you know what? 200 yards. Anniversary of that is like right around this time of year, 2014. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, no- it was a November game in 14. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. So – if there's going to be a player offensively who's going to come in and make a big splash, who is it going to be, a quarterback? Eh, you see it every once in a while. A receiver elevated from special teams somehow to, uh, you know, that, no, running back that you don't see a whole lot. All of a sudden, those guys get a chance. And I don't know what team it's going to have. I'm just saying be mindful of these running backs that we don't see a whole lot. Yeah. Both sides today, and whoever can utilize that, to some extent, I think is going to have a good chance at winning. And and if if there is a position on the field where that takes place, I think it's in that position. Yeah, especially when you have a real good offensive line like they do. They you know extended two of their interior players this week. And like I, like you said, I think that's the the formula is when you have a good offensive line. And you know maybe like when you're playing the Colts with that situation, it's a terrible run defense, and it all kind of lines up, and he runs wild. But um, you know I think the Patriots and, and the and the Browns run defenses are are better than that. Um, but I, I think it's a good one, and I think Dernis Johnson is, is a capable running back. He had one good game. He's, he's been okay in spots. Uh, hasn't really been leaned into other than that one game he played this year. So we'll see what they got for him, but I, I think it's a big part of it. And like Paul said, you know, if they're able to reel off a couple you know, big gains on first down and open up play action, I think that's a huge part of their, of their offense. And you know, if the Patriots defense get early stops, force Baker into fourth and long, unleash your kind of disguise, your bag of tricks, make him – you know, double clutch or think about things a little bit longer, I think that would bode really well for the Patriots defense. I just got sad thinking about Jonas Gray. That bench the following week after that four touchdown game. Was he late to a was he, he late to some, a meeting? He had or? some issues. Yeah. He had some off field issues. Yeah. But I'll we'll leave it at that. Okay. Yeah, it's just uh inactive for uh But it's kinda of tight. I think most of the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah. And well, career. You know, just just to tie it into a little bit is, uh, you know, Stevenson as a rookie has had you know some issues this year. He's gotten in the lineup. He's been out. We talked about some consistency issues from Ivan Fears earlier in the year of just learning how to be a professional. And you know, now 
it seems like he's he's going to be able to play, but he hasn't practiced this week. So kind of a unique situation with a rookie back who you know didn't really play, didn't really practice much. Is he going to be ready? A guy that you know has been kind of up and down with his preparation, as, as told to us by the coaches. Yeah. Is he going to be ready to come in and, and play a mistake-free game, not cough the ball up without without really practicing this week? Maybe I'm sure he was you know working out, doing things, but but he wasn't part of the every day out on the field preparation. And, and I think that that's you know something to watch. All right, let's uh, let's grab Patty and Aguam here before we go behind enemy lines. Pat, what's going on, buddy? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Really hey, good. Good. So I see this game kind of playing out, um, kind of like the the game that's been up on the uh, on the website, the 2001 game against the Bills. Kind of a uh, like ugly turnover filled, but you know, a game that's going to be won at the line of scrimmage and. So I like our chances, especially if, uh, you know, Seth Brown gets back in the lineup and they try and, you know, they try and move him to whatever side that Miles Jones is going to play on if he generally plays over the left tackle. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in there and um, Isaiah win out of the game. What do you guys think? I think you need to take the phone out of your neck next time, Pat. You had your phone, like, buried in, like, a like some like <laughs> yeah, shoulder I, I, or something. I'm, Really, this will be one of those days that we'll be really watching Twitter to see yeah. what um, what the lineups look like. I think it could be anything. I, I don't have a feel for exactly what the offensive line will be. Um, I don't even know if Trent Brown will be starting. Uh, you know, I, I he, here's my feeling on this is, and you know, a lot of people, myself included, had reservations about Odell Beckham in terms of where he was physically, right? You know, obviously he signed with the Rams, so we don't have to worry about that anymore here but i i felt like a lot of people were were sort of no on on beckham because you know we haven't really seen him physically be able to play well trent brown hasn't done a thing since the seventh play of the season and people are just really ready to just insert him at left tackle and get isaiah win out of there listen he might start today i I have no idea my guess is he's going to play i don't think they would have activated him if he wasn't ready to play so i i expect him to play but can he play a whole game and then if he plays a whole game, do you think he could do it again next week? Because I don't think he can. I don't have a lot of confidence in Trent Brown holding up over the last eight weeks of the season here. Um, will he play? Yeah. He's going to get in there, and that's good because they need some depth. Yep. We've seen the tackles be uh, be a problem periodically. Now you can have one go down and still have a starting caliber player in Trent Brown. I don't know what they're going to do with him. I don't know where the, where he's going to go. And I don't know exactly if he goes to left. If he goes to left tackle, I don't know if that means Wing goes to the bench or he goes to left guard. My guess is he goes to the bench, and Ted Karras stays at left guard. But I yeah. really I don't have any idea. I, yeah, I, I, if I had to bet, I would think they're going to ease him in today as a as a third tackle. Maybe you know put him next to Win, or maybe put him next to Unwin. You in certain situations when they want to try to you know really take those edges out of the game. Um, but I agree, it's a, it's kind of a good problem to have right now. I think Wynn is is has definitely has had a target on his back since the start of the season, but I think he's been better in recent weeks. So um, we'll see. I, I just I would think he's going to get a little action, but I would I would be surprised to see him start at one of the two tackle spots this, today. All right, Mary Kate Cabot is ready for us, so let's go behind enemy lines. Here we go. You know the view from New England. We go behind enemy lines. But what about the view from the other side? Well, I'm doing great, even though I miss being there with you guys. And that's why you're our favorite uh, pregame show uh, guest every year. You guys know you tell everybody that. Time now to go behind enemy lines. My God, it's coming right for us! 
Mary Kay Cabot of Cleveland.com and The Plain Dealer. I would uh, give out your Twitter handle, uh, Mary Kay, but uh, seeing how everyone already follows you, I don't think that's going to be necessary today. So <laughs> welcome into the show with Hardy and uh, Mike and Paul. Good to, good to talk to you. Great to be here, guys. Hey, Mary Kay, I just want to start off the top with, you know, obviously Nick Chubb not playing today. What, what does that mean for the offense? And, you know, how do you see Baker kind of handling that with, with more on his plate with those guys out at running back? Well, first of all, you know, the Browns are built to run the ball regardless of who's back there. Now, Nick Chubb obviously is special, but look what happened to Dearness Johnson when he got an opportunity to make his first NFL start a couple of weeks ago against the Broncos. He rushed for 146 yards on 22 carries and a touchdown behind this mammoth jumbo, very highly paid offensive <laughs> line. Uh, so you cannot discount the running game just because Nick's not there and Kareem's not there and even John Kelly is not there. You still have to worry about Dearness Johnson, and I know that Bill Belichick has plans for that. As far as Baker Mayfield is concerned, Baker uh, has struggled a little bit with the long ball this year. That's in part because he and Odell Beckham Jr., just they weren't connecting. But he hasn't been connecting well with a number of other guys either. He and Jarvis have been a little bit off. He and Rashard Higgins have been a little off. Same with Austin Hooper. So I'm sure that Bill Belichick will uh, try to have that passing defense seize the moment. I mean, I think one of the key stats to look at today, obviously, is the fact that the Patriots have 13 interceptions, which leads the NFL. Top uh, five from J.C. Jackson. Baker's going to have to be aware of that. He's only thrown three interceptions this season, but it's almost to a fault. It's almost like the gunslinger uh, has been taken out of him a little bit, and they need to put it back in. You uh, you brought up Beckham a little bit there, Mary Kay, and I'm just um, interested to hear your thoughts on um, you know his his departure, and if you feel like it has been a positive. Obviously, you can look at the results last week and sort of say that it, it was a welcome, you know, a, wel- a welcome subtraction. Let's put it. Um, has the team really played like that? Do you feel like that around the team? Like they're sort of happy to be rid of him? Well, you know what? Let's put it this way: the players, Odell Beckham Jr.'s teammates, loved him. He is a team guy. Uh, teammates love him. He he bestows gifts on guys. He gives tips. He takes young guys under his wing. So the notion that he was some kind of a cancer in the locker room, that's just completely erroneous and needs to be dispelled. Guys love Odell Beckham Jr. just the way fans do. Uh, So it really wasn't that. It was really just a disconnect between Baker Mayfield and Odell. And those guys actually became friends. They were playing Call of Duty like two weeks ago. Um, So, no, this is not that kind of a situation. Those two guys did not connect on the field. And Baker's camp, Odell's camp, they had enough. When when Odell got one target for six yards in a 15-10 loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers, that was it. It was game over. They wanted out. That was the last draw. It wasn't even a request. I mean, it was more than that. And it there was just no going back. Mary Kay, I, I know I, I, I think it was you who I, I read that earlier this week, and you just reiterated it, that – you know, he was loved by his teammates, and apparently the, the same holds true for his time in New York, which is, I don't know if that speaks to how good of a guy he is, aside from the, uh, you know, seemingly demanding for the, you know demanding the ball and wanting more catches, or if it's just indicative of the culture in a lot of NFL locker rooms where, 
you know, it we see it as one way, but for the players, they're like, no, yeah. we we kind of respect guys who put their hands I agree. up. They're two different things. Yeah, and say, no, I'm a squeaky wheel over here, and I think other players, maybe even younger players, look at that and say. That's a guy that I can get behind. That's a guy that I respect because he's not afraid to stick up for himself. Well, I mean, what receiver, what self-respecting receiver doesn't <laughs> want the football block, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, covering the NFL for so many years, you know, most of the guys with the really super flamboyant personalities are the receivers. And they want the football. That's what they work all year round to do. Uh, Odell had come back from a torn ACL. He was excited about the season. He wanted to contribute. And this is a stat that I think will help put this into perspective for you. On four occasions in his six games, he had yardage production in the 20s or less. That Four times in six occasions. That happened only three times in 59 games for him in New York. Okay, So it just wasn't happening here. And, you know, it got to the point when, when he had 20 yards in a 40 742 lost to the Chargers. I watched him just sit on the bench after the game for a long time, just sitting there. And I kind of knew it was over then. I mean, you could just tell, like, he was like, this is not working. And sometimes two parties are just better off apart. And I think that's the case here. We talked plenty about Miles Garrett this week, Mary Kay. I, I want to ask you, though, about the Cleveland secondary. I mean, between Denzel Ward, we saw the, the long interception return he had. Greg Newsom, the rookie, seems to come be coming on. It, just, it seems like they've got some good young players that they're really starting to develop there in the secondary. Yeah, you know, people were kind of freaking out about this defense early on in the season and wondering if Joe Woods, the defensive coordinator, should be on the hot seat. And people just needed to have patience. This, this was a, a collection of talented players that needed to learn to play together, to come together, and most importantly, to get healthy. And that's happening now, and this is going to be a really, really good Cleveland Browns defense, one uh, that Browns fans can be proud of. It's going to be the dogs like it used to be back in the day. These guys are good, and as you mentioned, the secondary, uh, there, there are some tremendous players in that secondary, and you know they showed up in that Bengals game and really shut down Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. These guys are going to have something in store today uh, for the rookie quarterback. Miles Garrett is is just in some time in some ways unstoppable this season, and you know they're going to try to make life really really hard on the rookie and give him a very rude welcome to the NFL. We talked a little bit a little uh, earlier about the situation with the Patriots trying to put this game on on Baker Mayfield and you know using their secondary to go against Mayfield. Can the Browns win today, Mary Kay, if it has to be about Mayfield and not necessarily a, a productive running game? Well, it sort of depends on which Mayfield you get. Uh, you know, and this season, you know, Browns fans really haven't seen, as I mentioned before, that really aggressive, gun-slinging Baker Mayfield uh, guy that they have known since he came here in 2018, his rookie year. So, uh, you know, you just never really know. And he does, this is going to sound obvious, but he, he plays a lot better against really bad pass defenses. And he played <laughs> against some pretty bad pass defenses down the stretch last year. I think the Patriots have a good pass defense and one that is not going to be easy for him uh, to run his game on the way that he might want to. So if they're on point, they can manage Baker. And what they, if they want to win the game, they have to pick him off. It's going to come down to takeaways. That would be their key. 
All right, Mary Kay, this is a huge game for both teams, five and four. So your score prediction has to be reflective of the weight and the gravitas involved with these two teams. Playoff hopes hang in the balance. What is your score prediction for the game? You know, I just have a feeling, as I mentioned before, that the Browns' defense is going to come through today. And, uh, you know, without Damian Harris being in there for the Patriots, I think that's going to hurt. So I I actually think the Browns' defense is going to kind of smother the Patriots' offense a little bit. And, you know, I I see the Browns winning somewhere around 23-21, to 23-20, something like that. I hate when we have a guest on like that who lays it out in a way that, like, yeah, I could actually see that happening. Yeah. And I, it that, does, yeah. That's yeah. the kind of game I think we all kind of see unfolding, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I, I don't like that it sounds so reasonable, Mary Kay. Uh, but I think... If I, Do better. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's, it's going to end up being a tight game and a good game today. So uh, glad we have a lovely New England day here for you, and uh, we appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right. There, Thank uh, you. Thanks, Mary Kay. Goes. Mary Kay Cabot, at Mary Kay Cabot on Twitter. Uh, 183,000 Twitter followers. Oh, I told you, she's big time. I know she's big time. I know. I mean, we all know her, but it's like... <sighs> yeah, she was great. I got her for the for the 2001 podcast to talk a little bit about, you know, Bill's and uh, Bill's history with the Browns and, you know, how it tied into things. So she's awesome, yeah. Who's our Mary Kay Cabot in Boston? Karen. So, Karen Green, yeah. yeah. No, but somebody... Does Karen have that same... It doesn't have to be a woman. Someone who it's like everybody knows their name outside, like NFL fans... No, yeah, Mary Kay Cabot oh, outside of okay. Cleveland. We might not have those guys. Like, I mean, Mike Reese, Tom Curran, those Mike guys Reese. have been around for a long yeah. time, and I think that most people know them nationally. I think Mike, yeah, it would it would have been like Kevin Mannix, Ron Borges, th- those guys in the in the past, but they're right. they're now uh, moved on. Paul to, Perillo. to bigger things. Uh, no one knows that. <laughs> um, other, you know, the only I will I, I won't be so self deprecating. I will say that the people that do what we do around the league know know me. Yes, they know us. They know you. They know me. They're getting to know my. I'm kind of a big deal. Yeah. No one knows they me. Yeah, I didn't want to get into, like, a, a big thing on the whole o- Odell Beckham thing, but I think, Hardy, you brought up a good point. Like it, That's two different things. I have no doubt that his teammates love him. Like, sometimes guys have to go. Like, Cam Newton had yeah. to go. Yeah. His yeah. teammates love him. Yep. Right? Like, I don't think that anybody ever – like, in terms but of being, a, a, like, a locker room cancer – it wasn't because people – locker room cancers aren't disliked by the other players in the locker room. Locker room cancers are disruptive to the team's winning. <laughs> and I think that's what Odell Beckham was because, right, right. just like Mary Kay said, in a game that they scored 42 points, he's pouting on the bench that he's not getting his. That's a problem. That makes you a cancer. Like, you don't care that your offense is lighting it up because you weren't part of it. Yeah. Now, the 15-10 to 10 game against Pittsburgh, different story. Right. Maybe I could have helped if you had thrown me the ball a little bit, is, is his line of thought. But I don't think anybody questions whether or not the teammates like him. And in particular, in Cleveland, Jarvis Landry is one of his best friends from college. Like, I had no, it doesn't surprise me at all that the Browns players themselves really liked him. Yeah, yeah. But and he was a pain to Baker Mayfield. Even though they liked each other off the field, it was a problem for Mayfield worrying about, do I get him the ball enough? Yeah, right. Um, well, it, w- it was funny just how much of the conversation it dominated this past week. And, you know, when the announcement came, which, I, I, I again, I think in true, like, 
as Mary Kay has said, as we've all said, as Felger has been his mantra for years, you know, the, the diva wide receiver has to make it about him. The Rams announced it and then had to pull the announcement oh, back because from what it sounds like, it was from Odell, like, no, I haven't quite made up my mind on this one yet. You know, really wanted to stretch out this, almost turn it into a mini decision. Yeah, I was really <laughs> glad that I was not part, because uh, Mike will tell you, like, we, Mike and I were basically on call all week. <laughs> like, waiting to do a YouTube. Like, if it happens, if the Patriots <laughs> sign him, we need to do yeah. X, Y, and Z. Sure. Right? Yeah. Which is, that not I'm not, like, upset about that. Yeah. That's our job. Yeah, that's what we waiting. do. Yeah. That's, you know, the juice of the job. Like, right. when you have something that's sort of newsworthy you want to make sure you're ready to go that's not what it, but it was like this whole like okay it's going to happen on Monday. oh okay no it's not going to happen on tuesday it's going to happen on Wednesday. oh now he's going to like wait until after you know it's just like when is this going to happen like it's one thing to be on call and then it happens and you do it it's another thing it's like one day two days three days now now it looks like it was going to be through the weekend so finally mike sends me a text thursday afternoon i'm at my son's football game and he says, OBJ to the Rams. I'm like, oh, thank God. And I didn't really hear the rest of this. You know, you missed like out on the, the whole on the back, back and forth. The whole back and forth, which to me was all about he clearly promised like a specific writer that he would give him oh. h- him or her the story first. Yeah. I know Kim Jones was, was very much um, involved with the whole he's going to wait till after Sunday. This is no doubt in my mind that he promised somebody that he would go to them first and then Adam Schefter found out. And the cat was out of the bag. And then yeah. he had to come with this facocta. No, no, no. I'm still weighing some of my options. No, he wasn't. Yeah. It was done. It was funny just watching that transpire while here and, you know, watching the Rams announce it and then, you know, talking to the social media people here that were imagining, oh, no, now we got to pull it back. There's conflicting reports. It's just it's it's kind of our nightmare of, of posting something where you feel like, oh, uh oh, maybe you weren't supposed to. And it wasn't oh, even yeah. like a report thing. So just watching them kind of go through it. I saw, I think Charles Robinson tweeted, like, this all feels very on brand. Uh, and it very much was with, with OBJ right down to the end of, right. of how that all came about. And the Rams are in pretty good shape to begin with. So it's it's not like, you know, you know their season hinges on whether or not they were, they were going to get Odell Beckham Jr. But for anybody who was hesitant about you know, what he was going to be like and just a guy to root for and how he was going to affect the team. It already started. Yeah. It already started. Yep. So, And then, you know, to make matters worse for the Rams themselves, to lose Robert Woods uh, in practice on Friday now kind of ups the the need yep. Yep. for Beckham, which is that that's not the situation you want to be in. Right. Just like that, the next day, all of a sudden, it all changes their best, you know, receiver. I mean, Cooper Cup, obviously, their best receiver, but – I think Woods is a hugely important part of that that team, that offense, complimentary piece. OBJ is going to have to step up a little bit. Well, Los uh, Angeles Rams. <laughs> <laughs> that's, wow, that's a good one. I, I know you've played it before, but it still kind of snaps you. One more time. Los Angeles Rams. Rams. <laughs> so good. Tony in, <laughs> Tony in Canada uh, joining us now on the Patriots pregame show, fueled by Duncan. What's up, Tony? Hey guys, happy football Sunday. Same to you. Yeah. Yeah, uh wow, this is a big week with uh I I I have to tell you I'm a little bit worried to be honest with you, but two games in in one week uh I mean this could either make us or break us for the season in terms of making the playoffs. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But the short week is is a big component in this, and it's yeah. a it's a big factor for the Patriots. And look, 
if you're going to prove yourself as a, as a worthy team to be talking about for the rest of the season and, and have playoff implications, these are the types of weeks that really show who you are. Okay, you've got a tough opponent in here. You're coming off your best win of the season. And even today, so if, they were, they. if they were to get another win, I, I still think the, the win against the Chargers is the better of the two wins. Yeah, well, considering who's available and that all that, yeah. Right. I mean, it, and depending on what it looks like and all that, you yeah, know, you, I think they could go I think this smoke would be, them. Yeah, this, a, a win today would be just, to me, just like the Chargers. And, and, you know, I would agree with you, like, at L.A. as opposed to home, but two really good wins. Those two teams played each other to a 47-42 game, so they're obviously both really good. Yeah. But without, I, uh, without the Chargers win, we're not talking about the importance of this win. Not um, to the same yeah, it'd be, extent. Yeah, it'd be a, a desperation kind yeah, of thing. You're ta- yeah, you're, you're trying talking to salvage it. Yeah, yeah. yeah this, is, this is it. This is the season, whether or not you're going to have a season. Now we're talking about But they could a lose huge swing today of, and it's not over, right. to your point, whereas yeah, right. they were chasing if they lost to the Chargers. Yeah, so, I, so I'm sorry. I, w- I don't want to leave Tony on no, for no, too long. But, to- Tony, would you be – I mean, would you be content with a, with a split of these two games over the next five days? That's a really good question. Uh, it depends on how we would fare against the against the Bills with that doubleheader and Miami. Uh, if we're going to make the playoffs, yeah, I would take a split in a heartbeat. I take I take the split this week. Tony, thanks for the call. I think they have buddy. a chance to games. win both. I think they have a strong chance to win both. Um, but I, I would both take, are going to be tough. But I would take a split, and, and I don't think that a split really kills you. Yeah, I, I I think it could look different for me because I think offensively. To put together a game today that's clean against this, a good defense, not really missing anybody. I mean, I know Miles Garrett was a little banged up this week, but I think they've got some steps to make on offense. So I think there's something to prove there a little bit that they can go against. And Mary Kay talked about it. She thinks their defense and their secondary are going to have something for Mac Jones. And I think there's going to be pressure on him today. I think there's going to be pressure on the Patriots passing game, getting the ball out quick, trying to uh, you know mitigate that pass rush off the edges. And you know, make up for some of the shortness that they have with the running backs, and so I think it's a it's a big game for the offense today to kind of show some strides, at least stop with the slow start, penalties, turnovers. If they can do that, I think they'll be okay. But I'd love to see them maybe take a step forward, in a positive way. So you know what I tried to do, Hardy? Mm. I don't know if you heard this. You could stop me if you've heard a little of this at all at various points of the season, but especially stop me recently. If you think that you've heard this one before, the comparisons between the current Patriots and the 2001 version. I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm like. I, I don't know if you've heard any of that. Oh, Bill Simmons. Uh, okay, so that enough said. <laughs> yeah, enough uh, said. he was he was goofing on our show because we were goofing on him for calling uh, on on the on the midday show. It's like the podcast, the podcast, and and Boston sports radio is just terrible across the board. You know, just throwing gasoline on everything. Everything's the worst. Everything's the best. Which uh, is, and I said it was someone who doesn't listen to Boston sports radio. Well, that, I, it's like you're Bill Simmons. Like you don't understand. Like you know what the sports? Is. Yes, you understand. He was don't, born in it. Don't. <laughs> 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 but yes, he said. I said it was two thousand and one ish. I'm like, okay, no, <laughs> still no. Still going to go find it. Go ahead, Paul. And, and, and so here's a, a, an element, and I have been uh, obviously reluctant to embrace the 2001 thing for a lot of different reasons. But here's one that I can tell you that I sort of envisioned this week. And Mac has sort of been blah the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Right? You know, to the point where even Josh was talking about, you know, him kind of, you know, fighting through. He went through a lull there in the Chargers game, I think. Yep. He talked about it. Um, so 
not that I think people are necessarily questioning Mac Jones, but I think they're wondering if maybe he's leveled off a little bit. I think plateaued was the word that the big boy used on Tuesday, Greg Bedard on uh, Felger and Maz. So with that coming up, I remember back to coming off of the Rams game in 2001 to make them 5-5. Five and five. Drew was back for a week or so, and there was a lot of talk, and I think that's around the time that Bill made the comment that Tom Brady will be the quarterback for the foreseeable future and that he just completely ended any chance that Drew was going to get the job back. It wasn't going to happen no matter what, barring an injury. And Tom Brady went out, I believe, in that next game. I think it was in the rain against New Orleans and had probably his best game of the season. He just lit it up. And I sort of thought about that today. Like, what if Mac Jones, you know, has heard some of the stuff about, eh, you know, I think he's kind of leveled off a little bit. Maybe he's hitting the rookie wall a little bit. Mm. Um, and then he comes out and has one of his better games of the season today and leads a win. That would be a little bit 2001-like, uh, unlike mm. most of the other things that people are saying, like, yeah, like, you know, this and that. And I was like, yeah, that was nothing really yeah. like what happened in 2001. <laughs> but, you know. But go ahead. You know, <laughs> Have fun. Shoot your best shot. <laughs> uh, just some things developing maybe to keep an eye on and, and discuss a little bit. Mark Daniels reporting Trent Brown not currently warming up. Uh, that was four minutes ago. Um, looks like Nikhil Harry is warming up, but Devin Asiasi is loosening up. We said, you know, Matt Lacoste was activated yep. off, off of the practice Lacoste, squad. Yeah. So. Um, what's going on with the tight ends? Seems like a lot of tight ends either going to be active. Is one of the tight ends going to be inactive that we weren't expecting? Maybe Jonu Smith, who's been fighting some injuries. I think some, you know, some speculation of maybe we'd see some of Jonu in the backfield today a little bit I, that's, as a way to fill, fill in I, some I of loved the gap. that uh, Reese Stolar thing. Uh, oh, you know, because it made a lot of sense. Yeah, and, you know, just just that. So is maybe if he's going to play some running back, do they want to have Lacoste and Asiasi as as well as Hunter Henry in there? I, something brewing in there with, with all these well, tight ends. And then, you know, you love Mike because Mike even takes it a step further. <laughs> you know, Lacoste has experience as <laughs> one of the protectors in the punt team. Oh, and, and Jamie Collins is out. That's a role that he normally uh, – Oh, there you go. That's a role that he's normally a part of, evidently. Um, and I never – you know, you, you never question Matt Morell and his uh, his rap. Yes, uh, how, how should we call it? Uh, acumen. Knowledge, acumen, perfect yeah. word. Great, you're so, you're so, you're just, you're just, you're just <laughs> every once in a while, you're really on it. His rap acumen. Uh, I would never question uh, Mike Reese when he's talking about the core four special teams. <laughs> this is what they were hoping, because Mike, Mike has that stuff, and there's nobody. It's a close. Side. Bill Belichick would be hard pressed <laughs> to, to give you the 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 depth chart on the core four special teams the way that Mike is <laughs> capable protect- of. Yeah, so Tim Tebow had experience as a punt protector, too. I, I don't know. I guess it all probably Yeah, I don't just mean the punt protector. That, and the, on yeah, that, he's one of the yeah, 11 okay. guys all on right. that. Yeah, it's, a, it's a fifth of the game. A fifth of the game? Is that how much it is? No. Sixth of the game? Yeah, Other than it's a third of the game. Went from like, uh, it's a third of the game. Dude. It's a third of the no. game. And then I went. Just because you say three things does <laughs> not make it a third. I was I was really like annoyed. You know how I get, right? Oh, with yeah. with no. Fred. No. So it was one of those he kept saying, oh, it's a big part of it. So I went over and I was like, well, okay. Well, here's all the kickoffs that were touchbacks this week. Not one <laughs> single kickoff return. And, uh, no, well, the Patriots punted twice and the other team punted once. So uh, that's basically three plays. Because I'm sorry, I'm not counting field goals and PATs. Those aren't special teams. Three plays out of 162. Right. <laughs> oh, God. Is that a third? I don't, I don't do math. <laughs> it's <laughs> shy, Fred, shy of 33%. Just, 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 just under. Oh, that's just great. Under. Um, 
Wow, you brought up a lot of good stuff there that I, I want to get to. So let, put these in the hopper in terms of Patriots receivers. I, it got mentioned here in passing. It's something I had in my head I wanted to bring up today. I, wa- I want you guys to think about it. Who's the Patriots' best receiver right now in terms of both talent and production? Now, this is an argument we've been having on the sports up here for in, a couple of weeks. In terms of talent and production. Versus, Deuce, I'll give you the first shot. I, 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 are we letting you it marinate have, or are, you, are we? Oh, I want you to ruminate on this. Okay, because I, I have a pick. I okay, will say that. But it doesn't have to be the same guy. Best receiver, talent, and or production. Okay? Uh-huh. So be thinking about that. And uh, w- with regard to Trent Brown, when he was out there practicing, I think it was Alex Barth who was, you know, does stuff for the sports. He said, well, okay, that opens the three-week window. They have to do something. And Zoe and I both looked at each other and it's like, or not, or he's just out there practicing a little bit and he never gets activated and he's, you know, not ready. This is where I am with Trent Brown, Paul, because like you said, I don't 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 expect anything. I don't expect anything from the fact that he was activated. It's gravy. If he comes back and plays and plays well, it's gravy. But I'm still, you know, to see now now he's out there and what was the report that you had, Deuce, that it doesn't look to be like the type of... They haven't seen him and, and also I should say Mark Daniels also no sign of Jonu Smith yet, so... The John o. Smith thing is interesting because if, if Devin Asiachi, like Deuce was talking about some of those tweets, if, if he is warming up to play, he hasn't been active, right? He hasn't been active a single game. So that means they might want both of those guys. And maybe we don't see John o. Smith today at all. Okay. Then, never mind John o. Smith coming out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Alex in uh, Somerset, Mass. Go ahead, Alex. You're on with Hardy and Paul and Deuce. What's up? Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing? So uh, earlier in the week, Paul on Patriots Unfiltered was bringing up that Belichick has a bias against young players and that he really prefers veterans. I was just wondering if there's specific examples, because to me, it's the complete opposite. He played undrafted free agents, J.C. Jackson, Miles Bryant, Malcolm Butler through the years. I can name countless guys. Not as rookies. I mean, they worked him in. They work him in. I mean, Malcolm Butler barely played Malcolm Butler barely played as a rookie. That's what made the the Super Bowl play unbelievable. Oh, but I I remember it as it happened, and you know, for a lot of people saying like, "Who, Malcolm and I, Butler?" I and like and he was a, he was I not a household name even among some Patriots fans. Yeah, I, I, like the the bias thing is is really strong. Like I feel like Bill, like a lot of coaches, tends to gravitate toward veterans, and I think when given a chance, given an option, he'll take the veteran. And work the the rookie in slowly. Yeah, there's certainly exceptions. I mean, and you can Christian right Barmore now. has Christian been an Barmore exception. is a perfect example. Again, as a guy who it took him four games to finally wrestle. It. That's why he. What is he like? Fifty six percent of the snaps yep. I think I read yep. today. Yep. That's after playing almost the whole game the last three weeks. That right. shows you how little he was playing early. Alex, I appreciate the question and 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 thanks for the call. It it does bring up something that I did hear on Unfiltered earlier this week, and it was about the notion and the I I, I guess. Uh, as evidence will show you the very real um, situation with rookies and how they have this faltering point after a certain time in the season. I think you and Eric were talking about it. The rookie wall. It's absolutely a real thing. Yeah, and it just gets to a point where it is something that happens to rookies in general, but to a rookie quarterback who has, you know, forget about the physical toll, and he did take a beating, especially in the first few weeks, but the mental strain of that position Jeez. after three or four months, and you've still got a quarter of your season left, um, 
it's it's something that you, you need to be mindful of. And, and I'm not saying you should look for it. It's like any week now he's going to have that, you know, crap game where he just goes out there and pukes all over himself. I would much rather have it be the type of, you know, ascension game like you talked about that Brady had against New Orleans in 01. But yeah, I agree. I, I, I think you could you could hope for one, but almost expect the other. And that's maybe if if Bill does have a bias toward veterans or rookies or something, or if it seems like it falls off at some point, that's because a lot of rookies fall off about three-quarters of the way through right. the season. And, and I just feel like I think Bill asks a lot of players in general. He has said many times that his program is not easy to play in. Like He's not an easy guy to play for. Part of the reason is a question that Mike asked him on Friday about – his propensity to be a game plan oriented coach. He changes things up all the time. That's a lot on rookies. Yep. Whereas, you know, a veteran, you could sit there and say, well, you know, this is going to be kind of like that Green Bay game three years ago. We're going to use a similar kind of. Right. And, you know, Dante Hightower's like, yep, yeah, all right, yep, we're all, we're all set. Whereas, you know, yeah. for younger players, it's a little bit more on the plate. It's not that he won't play younger players. Like, it's not like a complete. You got to earn the trust. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. I yeah. think he likes experience over sort of the uh yeah the the, the youthful athleticism yeah so i went to speak. i went back on that article i wrote just c- pulled a couple quotes from mayo because i've asked mayo a few times over the years about just the game plan stuff and, and he said you know that's what makes it hard to play here because it's each week yeah we might say hey we're going to use that from a few weeks ago but essentially each week it's it's a new game plan it's a whole new thing that you have to attack and, and i can only imagine for mac jones as a rookie quarterback to go from Winning the national championship to the senior bowl to the draft process, the draft, rookie mini camp, OTA. I mean, he has just been right in it ever since. I mean, really, since the beginning of Alabama season last year, if yep. you want to be honest about it. So, got to be a lot swimming in his brain. I just, I think that in a perfect world, though, if they are able to get a little production out of the run game today, that the quick passing game is, is something that he's always shown a propensity for. And if the game plan leans into that, I think that could be good. Okay, we do have the uh, inactive list complete here for the Patriots. Sean Wade, Ronnie Perkins, Jonu Smith, oh. Yasir Durant, Damian Harris, Jarrett Stidham, Stidham, and Gunnar Olszewski. You ain't playing, guys! Yeah. So, uh, Jonu Smith, uh, you know, I, th- yeah. I think Ryan Hannibal, I-, I had seen sort of broach that possibility when he saw both Asi Asi and um, Mike's guy, yeah. Matt Lacoste. He is my guy. Warming up. Unleashing him today. Perhaps we would get no Jonu Smith. So there will be no uh, runs out of the backfield for the tight end. Yeah, Trent Brown is active. That does mean Trent Brown. But, you know, he he has been on the injury report for a little bit with a shoulder injury. Um, But you just wonder if that's exactly what it is. Probably, maybe not. I don't know. Um, But they have the tight end depth, and it's something we've kind of talked about all year, keeping the costs around, haven't really given Asiasi a chance. So um, we'll see today how it kind of looks, how they use those guys. Uh, the Browns also use a bunch of tight ends too, which is another part of the game plan. I think that you know favors the Patriots a little bit because they just they're they're not a fast team; they're a big physical team. And I think if they put a bunch of tight ends on the field, I think the Patriots can match that yeah. with size and and strength. So um, we'll see what what happens here with uh, speed the backfield <laughs> speed. Right? Yeah. Hey, uh, Matt, can we grab Kiefer in Atlanta before we go to break? Okay, I don't want to leave him holding. I, it's a long break. Oh. Kiefer, you'd have to hold for another 28 seconds <laughs> while we take our luxurious break here. I'd rather have you not sit through it. So, Kiefer, what do you got for us? <laughs> What's up, guys? Hey. Um, speaking of Mac Jones and, and like the how he's been playing a couple past couple of weeks, say we win today, running game goes well, 150 yards or so, 
couple touchdowns we pulled out. But Mac Jones looks kind of like how he's been. And uh, how do you feel about things going forward if that's the case? All right. Th- this, I think, goes back to the great question, Kiefer, by the way. Thank you for calling. Goes back to the whole notion that he has plateaued. And I have that as a jumping off point for when we come back because I know Big Boy said it, uh, Greg Bedard, Boston Sports Journal, and I think I don't want to get into a semantics argument, but I think there is a difference between plateauing and leveling off and what can we expect down the road. We should bring Fred in for this because that would be this that would be a perfect Fred argument. It would. Plateauing, <laughs> leveling off. Yeah. Meanest, thing, meanest thing you've said to me in months. <laughs> and you've said horribly mean things. I'm just talking about an argument. You just, but you compared uh, the point that I, you think I'm going to make to a point that Fred would make. And you no. don't mean that as a compliment. No, no, no. Misunderstood. Just a semantics, I, just yes. a semantics yes. argument semantics with argument. Fred. <laughs> could have been about anything. It could have been anything. I'm still <laughs> taking it as an insult. Good. And I'm insulted. Not meant to be an insult <laughs> and I'm, at all. And I'm going to break as soon as I okay. tell you about Bose who are proud to be the official sound and head official headphones of the New England Patriots and the NFL, Bose Quiet Comfort Earbuds. Rule the quiet. Learn more at Bose.com. TouchView Interactive is here to support your hybrid learning, distance learning, and video conferencing needs with easy-to-use tools that allow end-users to collaborate, interact, and present seamlessly. TouchView Interactive offers a comprehensive line of accessories and software to support your audiovisual needs. Outfit your classrooms and presentation spaces with the future of interactive display technology. Visit touchview.com for more info. Offered by The Oakers Company. Celebrating 100 years of service and support. Join the conversation by calling the Ace Ticket Hotline at 855-PATS-500 or email the show at webradio at patriots.com. Wow. I hope I get to see Fred Kirsch in OBJ. <laughs> what a strange thing to hope for. Live from our studios inside Gillette Stadium, here's Hardy. Epic deep pull from Paul Perillo. It was so old. It was when Happy Days was shot on film. It was bef- before, <laughs> before like the... Uh, uh, and welcome back to the Patriots pregame show fueled by Duncan. We're going to try and talk some football later on. But just for this moment here, uh, Deuce, as a, uh, a, a showbiz guy, mm-hmm. you know, worked Ish. in Hollywood, yeah, sure. right? Um, a lot of old sitcoms were shot on film, sure. not the uh, – yeah. uh, what, what, what do you call it? Like it, it wasn't a – it's not a single camera, but they would actually set up shots, like film as opposed to just the set where they yeah. would have the multi-camera. Yeah, multi-cam, sure. Okay. Multi-cam but you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like old school, you go back. They shot film. Yeah. They shot film, and that is a – is that a single camera? No, I mean, it would be all all film at the same time. I'm not sure exactly – you know, now it's all connected, and, I mean, and just you're able to line everything up, and you just switch between them. I'm not sure how they did it back in the day when they shot on film. I bet it was a single film. camera, and they would do, like, yeah. the scene twice. But you know, then like you go- remember, like, 
you know, certain ABC uh, family sitcoms like I don't know, Family Matters, things like all of a sudden they started shooting them on video, which is way cheaper. And, yeah. you know, it, was, it just made more more sense financially to, than shooting, you know, I mean, especially comedies where you want to do multiple takes of things and let people, you know, when you're on shooting film, it's, you know, dollars just going right through it. So, um, yeah, that's and cool. something I think we can save for the post game show after the Atlanta game when we're real punchy. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happened to Chuck, Big Brother Chuck? It is one of the mysteries. Um, <laughs> it truly they, is. They just decided that they didn't need three uh, three siblings, and poor Chuck just got shown the door. <laughs> hell at of least, a hell of a basketball player, though. Yeah, at least at the beginning they they mentioned him and referenced the fact that he was no longer there. But then as it went on, it was like in my two beautiful children, and it was like poor whoa, Chuck. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> happened to Chuck? I saw one of those reunion shows at one point, and they, at the end, they were all like, was that Chuck? Chuck? <laughs> and they <laughs> all funny. made that's reference funny. to it. That wasn't funny. obviously there. All right. Let us uh, get back into the... Um, Yo, I'm stressing the, about this one. Are you okay? I'm stressing about your this question. I'm trying oh. to... Yeah, want, no, his question, do, not the game. You want to do the receivers or the Mac Jones plateau question? The receivers. Okay. Okay. I, then if you're stressing, I will say Kendrick Bourne is the answer to my to the question for, to, for, for me. Both. Most talented and playing most the best. Productive. The most, uh, no, the most productive is like that. That's a kind of a fact. That would be Myers, right? He's got the most catches. But I. But is it Brandon Bolden? But you're asking was no, no. In term, I mean, lately, the in last terms couple of the games. guys who produces the most for you, and look, I I don't know. Is there an overall receiver stat? That would tell us, okay, it's a combination of touches, you know, targets uh, versus actual catches, yards, all that stuff. The guy who seems to be the most productive, at least a couple of weeks ago, it, it was Bolden for like two weeks in a row. He didn't have the most number of catches. One week he did. He had the most catches. But he was the guy that was kind of... The, the he's kind of been the thing clutch they guy. They have to a go-to guy. Yeah, he's been the kind of the clutch guy I the think last Myers is the go-to guy. Like, when they need a third down play, they generally go to him. But he's kind of leveled off, to yeah. use your term, the last few weeks. I yeah. think the, the the most plays that they've gotten out of a receiver is Bourne. Yeah, I He is their best receiver. Well, that's I thought that was the question. But it was a dual question, and Deuce understood it, which is why he was so Yeah, it was a good question. It was making me think. Anxious. Best in terms of talent, like your best guy, but who's your most productive? I mean, and that's why. I mean, lately the last couple games, I thought that's what you, you were don't get getting it. at. Yeah, I still think it's born. <laughs> like I, he has been. No, I and then and the only thing I thought was was just bo- was Bolden because the last couple games I think he's been kind of the guy in some clutch situations. I mean, that big catch he had last week down the sideline. Third and eight. Who um, are you going to throw it to? Yeah, probably Myers. Myers. Yeah, probably Myers. But but I think he's he's like Paul said. He's had a couple quiet games. Last week was you know penalty got pushed back and you know bobbled the ball on third down to start things. So. I think he's got he's got something to, you know we talk about guys needing to kind of step up get back on track he's right there and I think that's why it matches up well with Mac the game plan getting the ball out quick getting it to Jacoby Myers I think it lines up like those two guys should have a connection today first and ten first play from a scrimmage you you got the ball to open up and you're gonna like Paul wanted to do last week you're gonna throw on the early downs who you're throwing it to on first and ten yeah born. This is <laughs> and now, it's a problem. See, now, that it's a problem. Now I'm in with, now I'm with Bourne. Yeah, no. that's. I think he's the guy most capable of making a play. But isn't it kind of it, it? Isn't it kind of weird? You know, as the as the late great Ken and Lowell well, used yeah. to say that. You know, it, this is a a conversation you have about each play. Like I don't really no. know. And I, I think don't it's really and, I, and I think what you're tapping into though is just who the Patriots' offense has been this season. And there have been games where 
Jacoby Myers has had a bunch of catches and third downs and conversions. Then there have been games where they've run and they've gotten takeaways and they haven't really Just had to do anything. The open guy. The open guy, That's right. That's their best receiver. I, it's my favorite receiver. <laughs> I mean, in a, per, you know, in a perfect world, you're saying that, that, oh, that's great, they're spreading the ball around. But I think it's been as much about a function of – how the game is going, who's playing well, and you know, See, random agree, guys kind of go up. It's not like they're, oh, well, guess what? We're, sorry, Jacoby, it's going to be a quiet week for like you. Last, it's just kind of a last week, of how it's been going. The Panthers decided to use Steph on third downs on Myers. Pretty much took him out of the game. Yeah. Like, you don't have a receiver that can just say, I don't care who you, you cover me with. Right. I'm going to get open. Like, they don't have that. Yeah. So. I think the guy that they look to the most in terms of got to have it plays is Myers. The guy that I would feel the best about trying to make a play, like with his combination of ability and production, is Bourne. Yeah, yeah. It's a good way to put it. I, and, I mean, I think there's something to be said for Hunter Henry, too, and just you know some consistency, sure. certainly in red zone. I think he's got five touchdowns now. So that was just such a void the last two years of, of having a guy who can oh. just do what he did last week, which is go down into the end zone, turn around, use your body, and catch the ball and, and, and score. So – um, I think it's going to be you know, a big game for him. He's probably going to have to play a lot. They'll, they'll probably lean into Hunter Henry, too, today. Uh, Cleveland will, will be without Greedy Williams today, which is mm-hmm. one, one of their uh, defensive backs. Um, he's so good. He's good. They got, yeah, they got a bunch of those come guys. On. They yeah, he's come on a little bit as of late, but he's been banged up, uh, dealing with some is, like uh, a nerve issue with his shoulder or something that's been really problematic for him. So he's kind of been a bust because he hasn't played enough, but – and is uh is Owosu Koromoa? He's active. So he's well. If they activated him, right? They did. He's not on the inactive. Yeah. List. So that's uh that's a nice little I can boost give you for them. It's, uh, Greedy Williams, Richard LeCount, Tack McKinley, Jamarcus Bradley, Sheldon Day, and Tony Fields. Yeah. The um he's he's fast. Owosu Koromoa, rookie. He keeps started off well. Was you know has been injured a little bit and out. Um, but I think he's kind of representative of of not just this Browns second level, but. What they've seen the last couple of weeks with these last two defenses um, that are fast, and you know, you saw Joey Bosa a couple weeks ago off the edge. Now you got Miles Garrett. So I think that there's some similarities in the defenses that they've been facing. And Owosu Cormoa, he's 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 a quick guy. He's going to get to the ball. It's another problem in the run game. Let's go to Will in Philadelphia on our Patriots pregame show. It's fueled by Duncan. What's up, Will? Hey, how you doing, Hart? Good, good, good. Thanks for calling in. What's up? Okay. Um, uh, I just want to uh, touch about basically what y'all was just talking about as far as uh, Janu, uh, the wide receiver position and all. And, you know, I called the fellas on, on Thursday basically, and it's just, it just goes back to what I was saying, though. At what point do you address, you know, the wide receiver position? Janu has been a letdown, and we in week 10 now, okay? I mean, I mean at this point, he's been like kind of like injury prone. His routes are not good coming out of his I don't know what he's doing out there on the field. Nelson Aguilar, I don't know. I'm expecting him. He's supposed to be the number one. I don't know what you're seeing with that. And to kill Harry, you want to – and also you want to bring him back next year too? I'm like, are you serious? You know, so this is what I was saying to Paul. Mike. like, at what point, you know, do you address this position and really address it? Like, stop playing around with it, seriously. Stop throwing anything in there because Tom Brady's gone. Well – I don't, but but here's the, the you know we had this call during the week and and the one I, right. I totally agree with Will I don't think they've done a good job but they have addressed it they they're just not doing it. it properly they used a first round pick a few years ago they signed two free agents that they gave decent one pretty good money to they're not doing right. it I mean to Will's point they're not getting the guys that I think we all want but when are they going to address it 
they'll address it again next year. I'm, I'm going to guess, like they have the last few. Yeah, well, yeah, they just the need to. They need to hit. That's yeah. what I would. The only thing I would take exception to is the notion that they're, you know, messing around with it. They're not messing around with it anymore. They're drafting. They're signing free agents. It's just it hasn't worked out. And and will to your point, the fact that in our receiver discussion about you know best versus most productive, that name Aguilar yeah. was never brought up. Yeah, that's will, a problem. And, and Will's a thousand percent right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Will calls the show all the time. He's he's got he nails it. Like they need. More production from yeah. the receiver spot, and it's okay. just such a hard. It's and a hard. Say, it's. A, oh, go ahead, Will. I just wanted to say one one thing, then I'm, I'm out your way. Uh, just going back to what Paul said, like Paul, you said, yeah, they drafted the number one, but look what they passed up. No, look I know what that. That's got. what I'm saying. Like they they're no. addressing it, they're just not doing it they, right. They messed up. Right. Okay. Right. right. Okay, gentlemen, take care. Have a nice and go pack. Thanks, Will. Thanks, Thanks Will. Will. What uh, you were saying? Uh, I'm just gonna say it's. You know, and this is a constant drumbeat, and it's really been a constant drumbeat even going back to when Brady was here, the, the, the need for the elite wide receiver. And it's just a hard position to get. If you don't draft one within the first 10 to 15 picks or you don't go spend a bunch of money on one in free agency, um, it's, it's hard. It's hard to hit on it, you know, to find that random guy in the third round who suddenly, you know, becomes Adam Thielen or, you know, one of those guys. Yeah, I don't think that's um, that hard. I think there's a lot of them over the last few years. <laughs> well, somehow, the, somehow they they can't they can't seem to hit one. Yeah, and um, I don't know. Like you, we we could quabble over elite. Like like what is elite? Like Terry McLaurin to me is elite. Maybe to some other people he's not. You know, Debo Samuel to me is an elite player. Maybe some other people don't. I mean, there's been a lot of receivers taken after the first round oh. over the last three years that I think are, if they're not elite, they're pretty damn close to elite. Yeah, and and that's that that's fair. But they're in the point where they're at now, and they they've either got to hit on one of those guys or you got to. Rearrange the roster and go sign Chris Godwin next year in free agency. Ooh. You know, Ooh. like is that? Ooh. You know, is that? Will that this scratch guy. the itch? That's this guy. That's it. But I also think, to Paul's chagrin, I think that they. I don't think they will do. That. I don't think that. I don't think they, they will they because make. I don't think that they value that position like that. I think yeah. they see their offense as an offense that if we can get five people on the same page and go and get a quarterback who can put the ball where it needs to, we don't need a guy who, who is going to be a single physical beat man coverage. You know, we have guys that when offense that works together, that pulls coverage. I think right. that that's what See, they I believe. think that's great if Mike is right. We have a quarterback that can get the ball, and I think that worked for 20 years. You didn't need it because you had a guy that didn't matter with Brady. I don't know. I don't, I'm like, how much better could Mac Jones be if he – didn't have to complete nine passes on a drive to get points and maybe could complete two and a guy could take a chunk play and make 50 yards on a little you know eight yard slant so i don't know i like brady didn't need it mike is a thousand percent right i watched this offense do it with wes welker and i watched them do it with troy brown and i watched them do it with with julian edelman who were really really good players but they weren't considered the elite of the of the game they weren't Devontae adams and, and DeAndre Hopkins, you know, Brady had that once in 2007 with Moss. He didn't have it for the vast majority of the rest of his time here. And it didn't matter. They were still the most productive offense in football. Yeah. I don't know if just anybody can do that. That seems like they're going to try. Well, I am, I'm just happy to have Deuce talking offense for a couple of minutes. <laughs> talking about receivers. Offense. Wow. The offense. How about that? All right, Paul's stepping out for his – Now uh, I can tell you how I really feel. No. Right. <laughs> I like the big D. <laughs> I, 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 w- I was thinking about a song, and I, maybe I'll have one ready for Thursday. We need a song that we can play now. 
you know, Paul's away, the mice will play. Something that Deuce and I can talk about. I don't, I don't know what <laughs> Matt. You and I need to put our, our production heads together. I will create a parody song. I, for this. I mean, I got. Would a, you really? I got a theme song this week. Actually, um, it's it's happening. I got you know when I got to practice. Yeah. Um, Matt Morell came up with an idea, made a little theme song for me, and then um, Matt, remind me of the girl's name who did the uh, who who did Jill the re- New Hampshire. Jill in New Hampshire. Thank you. Uh, did a remix of it, which was outstanding, harmonizing. She even act a- added some lyrics. So the, the base of it was, you know. Mike has returned from practice. Mike has returned from practice. Yeah, Mike has returned from practice. What was the mood? Who wasn't there? What did he see? <laughs> That's Jill in New Hampshire? Jill in New Hampshire. Crushing it. I hope she's listening. That, that, that worries me. Like Guys like you and I, Matt. <laughs> she had the original heart. <laughs> Mike has returned from practice. Mike has returned from practice. Yeah, it's a little more jazzy with Matt. Matt's is a little more jazz tip. Mike has returned. <laughs> I normally don't make it that far into the podcast, <laughs> so I haven't heard that before. I mean, Jill's is really good. What was the mood? Who wasn't there? What but did I like see? yours better. Yeah, what can I say? That's kind of how I'm wired. You like jazz. I just picture Matt doing jazz hands. He had like a hat on. He was kind of like, you know, Liza Minnelli something. His is a very, it's got a very John Mulaney, Nick Kroll, too much tuna feel to it. <laughs> the time for practice, baby. You, got, you have an auto tuner back there? We could use that. Auto tune is kind of an expensive plug-in. Yeah, there's uh, sneaky, not cheap. Yeah, watch the, there's a good things. little Netflix on, uh, on the I know what I'm doing. You don't need an auto tune program to use Oh, you don't. Yeah. You know how to EQ properly. You'll get it. With, really? It's called Morel Tune. It's the discount. Okay. A little reverb, a little echo, proper EQ. You'll get it done. <laughs> huh. Okay. All right. Good to know. Uh, maybe you'll show me one day. You know? I would appreciate that. We'll, we'll, we'll share some production tricks, yeah. you and I. Tell, uh, tell Joel to get working on a uh, Paul's Gone. What do we do? Yeah, but then we have to have something specific to go to that we will talk about <laughs> while he's out of the room. Right, right. Yeah. And it, But I, I don't want it to be anything that Paul would be excited to talk about, too. So we have to, you know, think about Offensive things. Offensive linemen, kickers. No, things that I want to talk about. Kickers? Would kickers. you do kicker talk with me? I'll do anything. See, you really don't I'd want to, though. You don't want to do kicker talk. Yeah, probably not. All right. Unless it's Nick Folk. I love that guy. And I would bring up the Sandy, uh, the uh, South Dakota-South Dakota State game last night. Did you see the end of that? <laughs> With South Dakota versus South Dakota? South Dakota versus South Dakota State. Oh, okay, gotcha. I, I missed the state. But Paul was probably all over. Paul was probably watching it live. That guy's chronic. <laughs> and he was really mad about it, too, probably. Pro- yeah, I, the ref screwed South Dakota he State saw, on that if one. If he saw it, he's mad about it. <laughs> but we'll wait for Paul to come back in for that one. <laughs> we could do that. Oh, he was no. not interested in the French animal sound <laughs> conversation. <laughs> no. What does, the, what does the cow say? I'll tell you. I'll tell you one thing that happened to me this week. Paul would not care about it. You know the intersection, Washington Street in Canton, where the commuter rail crosses mm-hmm. over, kind of down by Amber Road Cafe. Yep. Right. Yep. I'm there three nights ago, and with the kids in the car, there's a person in front of me who stops. Right on the other side of the train tracks, because someone's coming through the crosswalk, my truck stops on the on the train tracks. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, ding, no. Ding. I'm on the train tracks. I'm like, oh, well, this could be bad. So I start to back up. There's a car behind me. There's traffic on Washington Street. I start to back up, but the car behind me won't back up enough. The thing comes down, <laughs> not on the hood of my car, on the roof of my oh, car. My and God. I'm thinking, I haven't backed up far enough. We're, we're I'm gonna, about to die. Like, uh, 
And I I was so calm yeah. because I thought we were going to die. Yeah. I'm like, this is how yeah, people die. Yeah, you just die. were like, this is it. This is how people die. My son, losing his mind. I know Matt Foxhole, my son, he ain't it. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is the same kid when they when they light the table on fire at the hibachi oh, restaurant duck. twice in his life he has run for the door <laughs> okay at the, both three years old and eight years old he leaves everybody behind to burn Save so he's screaming in the back seat and my daughter's like you need to back up more it's on top of it and she's riding shotgun with me but it's going to hit me first yeah i finally it scraped down the hood of my truck oh. and we got back enough in time for the train to pass but you know, they kept asking me, like, how bad w- would that have been? And I said, so bad, I won't even say it out loud. Like, yeah. oh, what would have, you know, what happens if it hit us? Would it have hurt the job? I'm like, I don't want to tell them. It's like, we'd all be dead. Yeah. We'd all you be dead. Your car would have exploded. Yeah, that's just it. You die. You know, you don't, you don't walk away from that. And then it did it like come by. It was an actual train, or was it like an old timey guy, like with one of those things, like sorry, <laughs> pumping his fist, like yeah, it was like a what's se- that guy doing? Scene from Old Brother, Where Art Thou? <laughs> right. Like no, it was a commuter rail. <laughs> come flying by, or no, just, no, 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 no. It just... was stopping in Canton, uh, Canton all right, Center. All right, so so may- could the train have stopped? I don't know. It got me to thinking though. How often does that happen when somebody's st- like because of traffic? Yeah. you're stuck on the tracks. And it wasn't my fault. It's like I don't roll through, you know, the gridlock lines and stuff. But we're all driving, and someone locks them up in front of me because someone was in the crosswalk. Okay, well, I have to stop. Holy crap! Right now, it yeah, happening right now. Yeah, you got to pull the school bus though. Don't you can't you can't park on tracks. You know, I I I don't know what I would have done differently. Is the thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully that's like. Jeremiah Owosu Koromoa today with Ramondre Stevenson. The train's coming for him and he can't get out of the way. How dare you bring it back to football? (laughs) You suck. It's about 58,000, 5,800, Jesus, I can't even say the right word. Okay. Uh, Right numbers. Train crashes with cars a year. No. In the U.S. Pretty common. In the U.S. That's a lot. 5,800. Why couldn't I say that number? I mean, if you break it down, that's like two a week per state. Right? That's good math in your head right 600 there. 600 deaths. Yeah. Nah, I think we would have been all right. All <laughs> right. Let's go to Quinn in Pittsburgh. Quinn, you're up on the uh, Patriots pregame show fueled by Duncan. What's up, Quinn? Quinn. Quinny. Quinny. Quint. Quint. Oh. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. He's gone. Eh. I know who's going to be there. <sighs> He's always there. Eldred, what's up, baby? There it is. There hey, he goes. How y'all doing? There's hey, that, Eldred. There's that Freightliner. Yes, sir. I'm, hopefully I can park somewhere and watch the game. Deuce. Yo. Love you, bro, but we're going to agree to disagree. Let's do it. Okay. About the wide receiver part. Five guys in union to get a ball. You know, okay. But you had five guys, and they, some of them can't break press. That was one of the reasons why uh, Brady left. And um, this football season... Not this season, but season before, it's getting a little bit different, more like a passing offense. I can't understand is how Bill's coaches that left him, became head coaches, did the opposite of what Bill did. They went and got best receivers, Hopkins with, with Bill. Okay, uh, Patricia went and got Slayton and Galloway. Judge went and got, uh, got the other wide receiver, but he's starting. And all of them did it, and they, they didn't even got some more. You can need somebody that can beat press. And they can get open, you know, that you ain't got to go nine plays or ten plays 
hopefully, you know, somebody can make the, get open and, and make a play. You know, that stuff back in the 90s, that's the 90s. It ain't the 90s no more. And yep. other offenses, that's true. I know what you're going to say. Well, he did it good for 20 years. Yes, he did. But he also had the greatest quarterback for 20 years, too. Did everybody keep leaving out? Yeah. I, and he did get some guys like that, like Moss or whatever. But somehow or another, he got away from it. But it, but you got to admit, that year was very impressive. Oh, yeah. Full yardage and everything. Yeah, and I'm not yeah, saying that, that, you know, me – Deuce football analyst is telling you how to build a football offense. I, I just this is what I think they think, which is that this is a you know you can't pay everybody. And I think in their position, yep. what they look at and and, oh, and I could be wrong, and I'm not saying this is right, but I think that they look at it as they win with scheme. And you know it's it's just that's 20 years of, of what they try to do. There's no question they had you know Moss and you know those guys. You'd lo- you'd love to get them, but I just think that as, at the end of the day, when you're building a team, you got to look at where are we going to spend, where are we not going to spend. And I think that receiver has always been a position that yeah, if they can get value for it, yeah, but I, at the right, end of the you're day, right about, you're right about that. You know, you won't pay him. Yeah, won't pay him because so, he have had them guys in. He had Debo in there. He looked at McCarson. Oh. He looked at. Uh, he even looked at um, the guys from the Bills that uh, did. That, that uh, Brady won a couple years ago. Yeah, and didn't go after. Yeah, you know what you kills? Know, he you, even had him in. No, and it kills me too, Elder, because like I mean, like you brought up Debo, you know, I, all over that guy. You know, like, you know, like <laughs> I know you were. And and what, I mean, what what bugs me, you know, is 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 not to throw and to kill hair into the bus. It's just that I'm like this isn't their type of guy. This isn't the type of receiver. And, you know, you look at when Debo was playing or AJ Brown or. You know, those guys, like, these are your guys. Take them. They're there. They're low. You know, it's not like they're first-rounders. Like, I mean, low first-round at best, but there are guys out there that, that fit. And, you know, I, I mean, I always bring up kind of Dion Branch of, you know, that kind of guy who's quick, who can get play inside, play outside. Um, you know, maybe it's not in that traditional – Six foot three, six foot four. You know, just stud Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones, those, those kind of guys that are usually top ten picks. But you know, explosive, quick guys. And you know, I just I can't fault them just because they don't have Tom Brady anymore for trying to do it the same way again. Like it's it's you know, I think Tom Brady, as special and unique as he was, I think it is a skill set that he has, and uh, I, I think that's what they're trying to trying to do again, right or wrong. I just that that's that's what I think. And but I mean, I'm certainly with you on on some of the, the choices of guys that yeah, that fit choices. well. I and, want and a DK, yeah, you know. So I, I want a DK. I was hard for doing uh, doing the draft. I told him before the draft, <laughs> but <laughs> we got a Harry. Yeah, <laughs> but I but I hear you. I mean, I, I think you know. There's certainly. I mean, we can disagree on some stuff, but you know, it's it's. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, the, the proof's going to be in the pudding here, and they've got these guys, and, and you know, how do they continue to build? But um, I think today's today's another another example of wide receivers. We got to step up. We got to see some plays out of those guys, and you know, would love to see. I mean, it's a, the Jets game was the Jets game, but getting production yeah. from everybody, getting everybody involved, would, would be great today. Elder, thanks for the call, buddy. I, I just hope the, I hope the line protect Mac. That's what I'm hoping for. Most yeah, ball. yeah, exactly. The line Mac. Well, I hope you get a chance to watch the game, too. All right, buddy. Imagine if they just line up with Trent Brown and Isaiah Wynn on the left side against Miles Garrett just every snap. Like, that's just, like, how they go. That's how much they think of Miles Garrett. Yeah, well, I don't think that – I don't know that they'd be wrong, you know. (laughs) You you don't want to let that one guy beat you, and that's the one guy that could have a lot to say about beating you today. Paul, how did it go? Yeah, it was good. We t- we talked a lot about Trent Brown and, and the possibilities, and I'm every bit is in the in the dark on this one as I was, you know, when we talked about it. I really don't know what to expect. Yeah, fullback maybe. But uh, my guess is that he would he won't start. But 
they'll rotate him in and maybe see if they can get him, you know, I don't know, 20 snaps uh, and – you know, maybe at both, maybe at both tackle spots. I don't know. I, I really don't have any clue. Yeah, and but, but I think too, Paul. <laughs> about I think, anything. I think there's a little bit of, um, you know, we've talked about this in the past that the Patriots kind of, and as much as they lean into veterans, I think they lean into not speed but physicality and size, and you know, with the multiple tight ends and, and all that. And you look at this Browns defense. I think that they're kind of a good example of multiple defensive backs and you know, lighter linebackers and speed. And you know, is this a day? Where your size, your strength, having a third tackle in Trent Brown, having three ta- three tight ends active, um, you're short on running backs. You need to really protect your quarterback. Is this a day where it's you know a lot of heavy sets, a lot of physical, you know, pound it, play action, get the ball out quick? Does that, that mean that they would not be able to use much of Hunter Henry today as a receiver? Because I don't really think of Asiasi and Lacoste as, as protectors. Yeah. So maybe they want to get those guys in there to get out. And how do they play? You know, how do how does Cleveland play them when they you know if they did put Trent Brown and and another extra tight end or two in there? How do they, how does Cleveland match up with that? Give them something to think about. Something. I mean, they've got a lot of options on offense today, just in terms of personnel to see. You know, got a lot, feel lot, out, lot of options. Feel out, see how they play it, see what's successful. But I think protecting Mac and you know staying out of third and long are just are huge today. I'll switch it up a little bit here. We'll go to the emails, uh, webradio at patriots.com, Chudders in Manchester, UK. Hello, Hardy and his harem. Oh. If you could transfer one Cleveland player to the Patriots, who would you take? Chubb, injury prone, Ward, Garrett? Uh, also, during the Brady era, Paul was famed for giving the nod after the <laughs> Patriots had uh, kicked off at the opposition <laughs> and had their first play for a run negative yards, and he knew it was another safe win for the Pats. What's the earliest he's managed that, if at all, this year with Mac, and will we see it today? He's got the Pats winning 30-18. So two things there, one player, one player from the Browns. Who would you take? Ah. Uh, I mean, it's hard not to take Miles Garrett. Uh, just Miles he's Garrett, so wrecking it, ball. But I think it would be Garrett. Yeah, but yeah. Denzel Ward is is appealing, a young, talented corner that that can do it all. Now, I'm not thinking long term. I'm just they thinking a big it, splash right away. Who's going to come? I'll take Miles Garrett. Thank you. Yep. Uh, what's the earliest you've given a nod this year? This year, Mike's Jets, probably right. Probably, it's the, probably Jets the Jets game. game. Yeah. yeah. It's like, like, like they they scored, then they quarter, stopped them, and then they scored. Drive. And I was like, this game's over. Yeah. Sniff. All right, let's get back to our Mac Jones conversation here about the plateau versus the leveling off. Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal theorized this week that Mac Jones has maybe plateaued this year in terms of, uh, you know, what he's going to do on the field. To me, plateau is a word I don't like because, to me, that says this is his, he's played as well as he's going to play. And this is it. The only way it can go, the only place it can go here from is down. I think that there certainly exists the possibility that he is going to ascend from this point and play at a, a level higher than what we've already seen him at this year. If you had to pick one or the other, has he plateaued or is he leveled off before starting to ascend again and play better? Better than we've seen him so far this year. So think about Mac Jones' best game. Yeah. Does he have better games in him this year, or is this truly a plateau? Um, I mean, do you think uh, – just one question, clarify. Plateau for this season or for his For this career? season. Just for this season. Um, no, I think I think he, he will have better games in him. But I just – I think that it's a function, too, of the opponent. And I think he's been playing some, some real good defenses with some good players. And, you know, I think the Patriots, to their credit, have found ways to win, including relying on the defense – um, but but I'd like to I, I would I do think that he has 
a better play in him. Just, I mean, if it, even if it just comes to not throwing interceptions and not I, fumbling the yeah, ball. I think so, too. And I'll, I'll give you, you know, sort of an example. Like in, in the Globe today, I was reading um, Dan Shaughnessy had talked to Bill Parcells yeah. about some of his impressions of Mac Jones. And I think this is a, like a pretty common perception of why the Patriots are winning and doing these things and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, uh, the 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 guy is ta- here. We go. Here's the quote I was looking for. The guy Jones is taking care of the ball, and you had control of the game from beginning to end. The beginning of the game, the guy turned the ball over twice. He got strip sacked and then threw a pick. <laughs> so I'm with Mike a thousand percent. I absolutely think he's capable and will have better games going forward. I think that once he gets some experience and and figures th- some of these things out. Some of the turnovers, I think, are going to disappear. I think he's a smart guy who generally makes smart decisions with the ball, and he's going to avoid those turnovers, which have been a problem periodically throughout the season for the quarterback. Yep. Like, I think there's this perception out there that, well, they're just doing this. They're playing it safe. They're yeah, and it worked last the last couple of weeks because the defense has been playing out of its mind. Right. The defense dominated the game last week against Carolina, right? The Patriots yep. scored 17 points. They got a pick six for the other. Actually, yeah, no, a pick six, right? Yep. JC. But it wasn't like the, like a two-point conversion deal. It was only seven points. I read that uh, that Shaughnessy column, too, this morning with, with Bill Parcells, and, and Bill said something to the effect of, oh, it's my kind of game, you know, time of possession, holding on. Yeah. Not, and I, I even even Bill, it ain't. It, it's not nineteen eighty five anymore. <laughs> but that's the way he thinks about it. It's like right. it wasn't all that exciting on offense, but you know, it had that one. And uh, and I would agree that like that game last week, in terms of like the nods, like it was fourteen to six. I didn't give the nod, but at fourteen to six at the half, you know, Mike and I walked up to to do our little halftime talk. It was good. We kind of both felt like Patriots in control of this one. Yeah. I didn't think the game was over. I mean. So once the defense kept it up, it's a one-score game. And right. matter of fact, it's a one-score game. And the Panthers drove the ball. To, really, their only effective drive of the whole game. They 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 went about seventy yards down to the fifteen-yard line, and Donald threw a ball eight miles over a guy's head to J.C. Jackson for a touchdown. Yeah. So if, it was hairy there with those drives. I mean, yeah, those turnovers on, on not that happen. on that drive. If they don't turn the ball over and they get in and make it fourteen to thirteen, you know, maybe we're talking about a different game. But you know. If my aunt had, you know what? <laughs> She'd be my uncle. <laughs> Brownies? Chromosome? What? <laughs> uh, you want to do the over-unders? Let's do them! It's time for this week's edition of Over-Unders. You're over me? When were you under me? I had a bad week on the over-unders. <clears throat> I'll just say that right now. It is ugly. Morel, what happened last week? Uh, last week, Paul three and three, Mike two and four, Hardy one and five. Mm. Yikes! Mm. Yikes! That's mm. hard to do. That is really hard to do. All right. Well, we'll see if we can turn things around this oh. week. Oh, oh. oh. we're not going. We're not going to read off the season standings as as they okay. Stand. Season yeah, cool. season standings. Paul thirty one and twenty three, Mike twenty five twenty nine, Hardy nineteen and thirty five. I also want to take this time to uh, mention that uh, these were compiled absolutely perfectly this week. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of back and forth in the post game last week about previous weeks. Well, th- yeah, but it's it's become a thing, and also I like that Barney Fife sniff. <laughs> <coughs> Yeah, Fred, Fred invented that. Oh, so Don Knotts invented it. Come on, what are we doing? All right, no, uh, but, but for routine things. Fred yeah. 
What do we got? What's uh, what are we starting with this week? Mac Jones passing touchdowns, one and a hay. One and a hay. Um, I I'm gonna stick to it. I think they're gonna be a good Patriots passing game today. I I think I like Mac to get two. Yes, I will go the over. All right, Polly Paul Perillo. I'm gonna go with the under. I think the under two on this one. I just that defensively, I think they're gonna be forced into running the ball down there on the goal line a little bit more. So uh, I'll go under. Next, we have the red zone favorite, Jacoby Myers, receiving yards 49 and a half. Paul, you're up first on this. It's a tough one. Uh, Mike has been bringing this to my attention the last couple of weeks that Jacoby Myers is on a little bit of a downslide. But I say today he gets over 49 and a half. Uh, I don't think it'll be a huge game, but I think he bounces back a little bit today. Over. I don't think he bounces back today. I don't think this is the game you bounce back in. I'm going under. Yeah, I got to stick with how I think the game's going to go. I'm going to go over, I think, a bunch of passes going Jacoby's direction. All right. Sticking with the receiving yards, Hunter Henry receiving yards, 29 and a half. See, that's a low enough number to where I feel comfortable going over on that one. So I'll take over on 29 and a half for Hunter Henry. Uh, you know, Matt Lacoste is finally active, so I think I'm going under on Hunter Henry today. <laughs> Dumb move. <laughs> I'm going to take the over uh, on this one because I feel the cornerbacks for the Browns are pretty good, but I don't know about the depth with you know some of their guys out. We'll see with uh, – you always have to do it for me. Jeremiah. Owosu Karamoa. Thank you. Uh, he's a, a piece that they like to use uh, in a variety of ways. He can cover anybody. We'll see if he's healthy enough to cover Hunter Henry today. Okay. But I'm going to take the over. All right. Baker Mayfield interceptions at a half. Okay. Yeah. This go is, ahead, a, great, go, this is go, a great one. Go ahead, Deuce. I, I'm, I'm, on the, I'm all over the over on this one. I think uh, All over it. I think he's got a, 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 at least two in him today. Okay, I'm going to take the under. He's only thrown three all year. I think that Mary Kay said something that really caught my ear um, in that it's not necessarily a good thing that he's only thrown three. He's not really made a lot of plays, so I think that's why he's avoiding. I, I think that they really got it ingrained in him you got to protect yeah, the ball we got a great running game keep just it, don't yeah, make keep it out of harm's way we can punt we can do this we can do that yeah. and mary Kay talked a lot about how great the Patriots secondary has been at taking the ball away which tells me that's been a big topic in cleveland all week i i, I think he doesn't throw a pick but doesn't mean he's gonna have a good game you just said it though i mean i and and i listened to what mary Kay cabot had to say too and how that may, they might be l- Taking the taking the shackles off a little bit today, I think she said that. Like you know that they, they've got different ways of doing it, but I thought she said something to the effect of that they might let him throw it a little bit more today. Oh, I think he'll throw it, but I, I think he's throwing it to keep it out of harm's way. It's a it's a he's half not making any plays. Is he going to throw a pick today? Yes, it's all a pick. Yes, I'll go over. Oh, I'm the, yeah, and if you're going what what's been going on, the Patriots pick the pass passes off every week, and right. Baker Mayfield is kind of erratic. Right. The over is the play. I, I agree. But, but you're I think going this, under. I, yeah, because I think this something must be going on as to why he's only thrown three interceptions all year. And I think what Mary Kay Cabot said makes some sense to me. Yep. Yeah, he's not throwing picks, but he ain't making any plays either. All right. De'Ernest Johnston rushing yards, 80 and a half. Oof. It's a good one. This is, this is me, right? Yeah, yeah. it's a big number. <sighs> yeah, I'm going to take the under on that one. I just... I can't imagine they're going to allow this kid to do what he did against Denver. I'm going under on that one, too. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Under. Everybody's. Oh, it's our first one uh, that is a consensus. 
Because there's going to be a lot of blood on these uh, first four. But we are consensus under under Ernest Johnson, rushing yards of 80 and a half. Finally, what do we have, Matt? The total score, 44 and a half. Yep. <sighs> Sounds about right. I'll take it. Push. <laughs> uh, I think it's uh, – I'm, I'm looking for – that's not a big number in terms of totals. I still think it's going under, which is a terrible thing to root for in a football game. I hate taking the under. Agreed. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not fun, but I, I, I feel it's like – it's uh, kind of like what Mary Kay Cabot said, like, yeah, 21-20, something yeah. right around there. Both teams around 20. Yeah. I could see it. Yeah, so I'm going under. Yeah, i got to go under, too. It just feels like it's going to be a low-scoring affair. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. I, I just feel like uh, both teams, I, I think, really, the teams are somewhat mirror images. I think they both play pretty good defense. They both want to run the ball. They're both banged up in the running uh, in the backfield, so I don't know how well they're going to be able to run the ball. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you guys. I'm going to take the the under, and I agree with you, Hardy. There's nothing worse than taking an under. That sucks. But what doesn't suck? Warm ups. Wow! Right yeah. now, looking at Patriots. Ramondre Stevenson, because uh, he was one yep. of the guys that was dealing with concussions. He was the one of the three that was able to play, which is yeah. good. Love to know what his week of preparation was like, just dealing with concussion protocols and. What was he able to do and how much was he able to participate just outside of practice? So we'll see. It's a kind of a game where you got some some young, unproven guys. Asiasi getting his first start of the year. You're going to get J.J. Taylor back in there. You're going to have to lean on Taylor and, and Stevenson, two young guys who have been in and out of the lineup here early part of the year. So uh, some interesting little dynamics going on with, with how the Patriots' attack is going to kind of go today. All right. Uh, it looks like maybe – has the sun like uh, peeked behind some clouds? It does not look nah, like the super bright. Colors off of that TV. Oh, is our careful. monitor off? But all it right. does look a little dark. I agree with you. It was all right. Huh? Okay. I thought it was yeah. gorgeous it out earlier. It, it was. Looks a, little, looks a little dark. But that was hours ago when we first made our way <laughs> into Gillette Stadium here this morning. That's right. That, that was, was before we even took that break. That was you know <laughs> hours and twenty eight seconds ago. And there's Jacoby. Sure, he's uh he's going to be back for the punts, I would think, right? Yeah, so As that's another right good now. point to bring up, Paul. Was uh, who's going to take over for Gunner? Maybe Bolden. I mean, do they have Bolden on kickoff returns? He's done that before, but I mean, a valuable piece today. I wonder how much Brandon Bolden's going to play. Maybe JJ on on kicks yeah. and, and Jacoby I mean, on punts. We talk about the young guy trust thing. I mean, I think they're going to be forced into it a little bit today in terms of having involved JJ Taylor, Ramondre Stevenson. I think they're going to be significant parts of it. I tell you what, that could end up being a. Uh, an important part of this game is how they handle punt returns today. If it is going to be a defensive affair like we talk about, that could mean a lot of, if not three and outs, just a lot of punts taking place. Yeah. And without your yeah. you know, dedicated punt returner back there in Olszewski, how are the Patriots going to handle that today? And do they have all, – all I'm looking for is mistake-free. You know, I don't need uh, someone you know, doing a Gunnar Olszewski imitation and trying to get, you know – three returns of 20 or more yards in the game today yeah just that's that that's the unfortunate thing (laughs) that that was starting to become a little bit of a like a sneaky edge yes with with the punt returns he had but basically five in a row that were like 15 15 20 15 plus yards and you know it doesn't seem like a lot but it, th- I mean, that's that's good production that Gunner seemed to be generating there. Yep. Yep. And that is uh, – you're going to be without that today. Another point, too, um, you know, Jake Bailey's been on the injury report. So, I mean, Patriots, from their kicking perspective, a little bit of a, a knee problem. And there. brought in a bunch of punters this week for tryouts. Yep. Um, well, workouts, I should say, not tryouts, workouts. 
Uh, let's go to the phones here. We'll keep the uh, warm-ups there on the screen for you as uh, you watch that here at Gillette Stadium today. Patriots getting ready to host the Browns. Both teams 5-4. and four. Big game today in terms of implications for the rest of the season. Steve is in New York. Steve, what do you got for us? Hi, yes, guys. How are you guys doing today? Good, hey, Steve. Doing great, Steve. So I've been uh, watching uh, Tom Brady's rookie season. I was just kind of watching stuff on YouTube, and um, his numbers were very similar to Mac Jones, but he did have Dublitzo on the sideline. Now we're at the middle of the uh, season, and we have a chance for playoff, uh, you know, uh, getting into the playoffs. If we had Drew Bledsoe on the sideline, do you think people would be calling for him to come in and, re- and replace Mac Jones? Huh. I'm going to let Paul answer that one. Is the Drew Bledsoe uh, president? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't really understand. Like, there, there were people calling for Bledsoe to replace Brady, um, you know, at the time. And, you know, I sort of talked about that, that game against New Orleans, that he sort of ended that f- for good. Yeah. Brady's performance that day against New Orleans – I want to say it was around this time of year, like week 10, 11. Um, that that kind of ended that. But, but yeah, Bledsoe was coming back. He was he was uh, finally healthy and getting some reps in practice. And yeah, that's, that's when Bill decided, you know, Brady's the guy. And just know? at a superficial level, I mean, Mac Jones is a first-round pick. It'd be hard to, you know, pull him for somebody right now. He's got a bunch of experience if it was Drew Bledsoe even. <laughs> you know, I mean, well, I know Drew Bledsoe is a first-rounder too. Like, like, it's, it's hard yeah. to even talk about because if yeah. Mac Jones was drafted with the 15th overall pick and Drew Bledsoe, like, of, two, there, of 2001 right. yeah. was there, Drew Bledsoe would be the quarterback, not Mac Jones. Um, you know, th- there was a question whether or not Cam Newton was going to be the quarterback. Like, let alone 2001 Drew Bledsoe. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Mac Jones won the job, and now you you, you sort of go with it. Let's I mean, roll. He, I think he would have to be really bad in wins for you to think about making a move. Yeah. Like, he would have to play three really bad games in a row, and somehow you won two out of three, so you're still in that playoff position, and you're like, hey, Brian Hoyer might give us a better <laughs> shot of getting into the playoffs. So Jared Stidham, yeah. you know, a month – you know, down the road might give us a better shot, but I, I, I'm talking about less than five percent. No, you're chance. invested, and and Mac has really been been great. He's just got to continue to to push and and get through this rookie season and build on what he's learned. You know, each week is just he's getting all kinds of things thrown at him, and and it's uh it's good. It's exciting not to have to think about all that quarterback stuff. You're watching warm-ups at Gillette Stadium. Mac Jones there. We see him warming up and uh, getting ready to take on the Browns today. Both teams 5-4 and four on the year. So big game here today. Talking about Mac Jones, uh, you mentioned Cam Newton here a moment ago. Uh, how surprised were you at that contract he got this week from the Carolina Panthers? I, I, I'm still kind of in, in, in shock. Yeah. I'm thinking that maybe Fred might give me one of those, like, in a couple of years. You know, like... <laughs> you know, like kind of like a ceremonial, yeah. Like, you know, just you know, some little something for the effort. You know, we really appreciate the career after after maybe you're gone for a year and they bring you back for the the last uh, half yeah. of the season and and give you one a of the most curious uh, contracts I've seen in a league full of very curious contracts. I mean, they I'm did. happy for him. I'm happy for Cam. I enjoyed him as as a person. By the uh, way, you know, the Cam Newton field, people so much, very upset with. Uh, with that sentiment that I've shared also. I'm like, I'm happy for him. That's oh, great. Oh, they're mad at you? Why? Like, you didn't want him here. You can't be happy for him now. You wanted him on here. Like, look. That's I why just, I'm happy for him because he's did, not here. <laughs> I, did, I didn't want him I, to I be don't the, really care, to be the quarterback for the, for the Patriots. Uh, but 
no one disliked Cam Newton no. in terms of him personally or the way he, uh, you know, the, the his time here in New England. I just didn't oh, love it. I didn't like the way the football looked when he was quarterbacking the team. But Scam Newton, for, <laughs> for a guy who seems to be a good guy to get a big payday and a guaranteed over four million dollars, maybe as much as ten, uh, to go back and play in in Carolina. Yes, of course. I'm I'm happy for for people when nice things happen for them. I just I don't understand it. I don't understand it at all. But maybe he's he's out to prove all of us wrong. I'm just loving watching Kendrick Bourne right now. He's just I mean had a whole routine with Brian Hoyer. I mean he's just going around. He's just got energy. It's it's one of those guys you just kind of root for to do well. He just brings great energy to the field and. I mean, obviously, the handshakes, he's got he's got it all down. It's great. I was born in it. <laughs> <laughs> Let us uh, step aside here. Uh, final time, I believe. Oh, no. We, oh, two more breaks. Good heavens. How are we going to get them in? Well, um, we will um, do our best here in the Patriots pregame show. Fueled by Duncan. We'll be right back. TouchView Interactive is here to support your hybrid learning, distance learning, and video conferencing needs with easy-to-use tools that allow end users to collaborate, interact, and present seamlessly. TouchView Interactive offers a comprehensive line of accessories and software to support your audiovisual needs. Outfit your classrooms and presentation spaces with the future of interactive display technology. Visit touchview.com for more info. Offered by The Oker's Company. Celebrating 100 years of service and support. An active lifestyle means you never stop moving. That's why only Theragun devices are designed to release your body's deepest muscle tension so you can do the things you love. You only have one body. Make it a Therabody. Johnny, euphonic. Join the conversation by calling the Ace Ticket hotline at 855-PATS-500. Or email this show at webradio at patriots.com. Devon Gilmore is only going to be out there on third down. Don't, 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 don't. Live from our studios inside Gillette Stadium, here's Hardy. Where you been, kid? We're waiting for you. Just had a run of the potty. Oh, <laughs> So um, we are watching, oh, now Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne. Very uh, very lively warm-ups here today as the Patriots mood. get ready to. Good yeah. mood. You think so? I think so. You're showing you a little something out there? Yeah. Ah, it's game day. I mean, just this has been a fun season. Uh, you know, there's been a buildup, and, I mean, things could go one of two directions today, of course. But, you know, overall, it's just it's been a fun season. Every game has been close, exciting, or, or a great blowout of the Jets. And it's hard to ask for much more. And, and hopefully well, they continue building. But but I, I'm excited for this game today. It's just a great, you know, you're, you're, you're going against the team, same place you are. You're going to, I think, learn a lot about who you are a little bit. It, with, with regard to and in comparison to the last time these two teams played, um, where the, the Patriots ended up getting the win and moving to 8-0 on the season, it was about that time after watching Tom Brady do this year after year after year after year, we started talking about and thinking about how it's not going to be better. You know, nothing's ever going to be better than that. And it's not going to be necessarily more enjoyable. But for, from just a compelling standpoint, like, it will be in some ways more interesting to watch 
this team in future years with a with a different guy at quarterback to just see how things play out and and the inherent uh, maybe drama isn't the right word but the unknown yeah. you know and it's like we didn't have that a couple of years ago when they played the Browns now as you just said it does you got a couple of 5 and 4 teams you got a rookie quarterback in trying to put this team you know another game above 500 and there is something I th- yes, more interesting about the the position that they're in now than when they're like, ah, here we go, off to another undefeated start, and who knows if they're going to go all the way. But a whole hum, you know, that got complacent. Got Com- complacent is the right word. Gr- no, I think complacent's a great word. Yes, but it did. But that bit spoiled. And spoiled also a great word. Took it for granted. Whatever. Absolutely. All, all that. All that. As, stuff. Lo- as long as you include incredibly exciting. Uh, you know, with all of that, I agree with all exciting of that. Exciting at the end of the season, but not during the regular season. So, I, I, no, no, no. Like each individual game, maybe not. That's what I'm saying. But but you knew there the was excitement some of the excitement of knowing that I'm going to be <laughs> when the smoke clears in the final four. I'm going to be there <laughs> every year. That's nice too. That's exciting. <laughs> right. I, I often go back and forth with do something. <laughs> Different perspective, but I think I mean for me when I Deuce didn't like that. Well, when I I mean I get made fun of for I mean saying what you said, which is the the unknown of developing a new quarterback, and I mean that was the big part. That was the big piece that was missing. It's not going to be fun if you're every year trying to find a quarterback and it's just you know putting a bunch into this guy and he doesn't work out. Trying to get this guy, oh he doesn't, you know, oh let's try this free agent, and you know, so to have a a first round rookie quarterback who's coming and played like he has, and you feel like you're got a a base. It's not going to be perfect, but. I do, I do find it exciting. I find that you know that's that, that, but that's the piece that had to happen. If you didn't have that, it'd be it's still a little bit scary. Can I ask you guys about the uh, dirty play from Mac Jones last week? I know you talked a little bit about an unfiltered this week, and uh, yeah. you know now the call for um, you know happy hunting <laughs> when it comes to uh, uh, Mac. What was your overall takeaway after after watching it several times afterward, and the, and the kind of fallout from it? I, I mean, I thought the fallout was. Um, was much more than than I expected. I mean, it was. I don't think it was dirty. I mean, it was. You know, it was a hold. It was kind. Of, I mean, sometimes that happens where you know ah, I'm just going to grab the guy and and you know I, I think the little extra move at the end. Um, that's what you know maybe made it a little bit more, but not much more. Not much more than a holding call that that they missed. So I don't know. I just I, I thought it was hilarious. Brian Burns was still carrying on about. I've it got this a week pretty high bar when it comes to what I would call a dirty play. I thought it was. All right, maybe not very sporting, but you know it's it was ridiculous. Well, <laughs> but it wasn't dirty. It wasn't dirty. It was just it was kind of silly. The explanation. I thought he had the ball. I'm like, <laughs> look, dude, I know I'm watching it in slow motion, but you're looking at him. You're looking where the ball is. It's not in the hands of the man whose foot right. you are holding on to. Yeah, yeah I, I agree, I, and we talked about it a lot. We all agreed that we didn't feel none of us. I don't think felt it was a dirty play, um, but it was a really curious one. I have no idea what he was thinking. He wasn't, caught up in he, the moment. He wasn't thinking yeah. he had the ball, as you just pointed out. But um, and and I would also say just like so, Mac Jones didn't get fined. Nor should he have. Um, he, so he didn't get fined. And I, I've seen a lot of clap back today with the the local media, which no one defends their own the way this media does uh, <laughs> w- with our own. Oh, I wonder if he's going to get an apology now from Burns. <laughs> I don't know. Any of you guys think that Jerry Tillery deserves an apology? He didn't get oh. he didn't get fined for. His quote unquote, according to the Boston Globe, pummeling of Mac Jones, 
after the whistle two weeks ago. Right. I apologize. Does that, does that not make it, <laughs> you know, a play that you are you better? You are you happier with that play now? My guess is no. My guess is you think it was a dirty play. So the, the Panthers think it was a dirty play. I disagree with them, but you know what are you going to do? Like I just think these kinds of things take on a life of their own. Just move on. And move we on. love to mock and ridicule everybody. Yes. It's uh, look at Brian Burns. Like he's still talking about it. He's. I mean, he's still talking. I can't believe it because he's pissed. He thinks the guy tried to hurt him on purpose. Like why? Why? Of course, that's why he's talking about it. Right. I think he's wrong, but I understand what he's doing. I understand what he's doing, and it, and it's also something that I don't think you expect. You know, as a player in his position, right? You know, to have that you get happen bear trapped to you, all of a sudden, it's, it's probably more frustrating <laughs> than anything. It's like, hey, there's a loose ball over there. This is a big play. This is something I want to be involved with, and instead, I've got some rookie holding on to my ankle in plain sight of everybody. So, yeah, I understand why he's pissed, but dirty, no. Big guy, big big not, LG day today. I think. I mean, he not dirty. he was one of those guys that was all over the place uh, last game. Just like I've said many times this week, just the energy right off the ball. Um, we'll see. I, I, I think Lawrence Guy, big key today, especially right up the middle when you talk about Dernis Johnson. They can set the edge and, and not let him cut back up to where Lawrence Guy and uh, Devon Godchild waiting for him. And I think I think we'll see more of that 3-4 defense again, especially when they go multiple tight ends. You're going to see a bunch of the Patriots big boys out there, and, and I think that's, that's how they like to play. So, you know, we'll see how much Cleveland does of that. Does Cleveland try not to get into those and, and play kind of into the Patriots' strength? Because I think if the Patriots are in that 3-4 defense, I think they're happy. I think they know what they're doing. They're able to play fast. I think it plays into, into what they want to do. All right, we're going to step aside one final time. We'll come back. we got the six-pack here for you today, getting closer and closer to kickoff between the Patriots and Browns at Gillette Stadium today. Patriots pregame show fueled by Duncan. An active lifestyle means you never stop moving. That's why only Theragun devices are designed to release your body's deepest muscle tension so you can do the things you love. You only have one body. Make it a TheraBody. conversation by calling the ace ticket hotline at 855 pats 500 or email the show at webradio at patriots.com gather around the radio boys little orphan annie style pulls that little chatterbox live from our studios inside gillette stadium here's hardy patriots pregame show fueled by duncan Watching the Patriots here and getting ready. Uh, Trent Brown, uh, I had uh, uh, heard cheers. Never thought that break was going to end. As <laughs> Trent Brown uh, coming in, taking the field to cheers today at Gillette yes. Stadium for the assembled fans here in Foxborough. Some great shots on the sideline today. I got to give props to our cameraman. I don't know if it's like a fisheye or something, but it, they got a real nice angle. Real nice shot at Judon earlier with his big red sleeves. I just very crisp. Whoever's on the sidelines. 
Good, great job. Look what are you at, doing? A pull good. focus there? Hey, you what got, are you doing? You got those red sleeves in the shot. They great pop. job. They really pop. They really pop. Mike is the audience for everything that we do. <laughs> let me, let me <laughs> tell you right. what they're doing. No, they, I, I, I want to point this out, too. They're using that portrait mode on the camera right now. See how the stuff is, like, in focus, but the other stuff isn't? It's not the, you know, the typical, like, ah, everything's... You know, clear yep. but not so good looking uh, video work. We should mention too with Brandon King, which uh, Eric Brandon. Scalavino this week wrote a great article about Brandon, who his wife is is a military officer as well. So nice job by Scal uh, featuring them. Kind of a little bit unique situation there where Brandon and, and his wife. Uh, nice job by Eric writing that. All right. Very good. Right, read that and more at patriots.com. Mike Dussault, Paul Perillo. Uh, you still got a few minutes to look at uh, Paul Perillo's game preview for today's Patriots uh, Browns matchup. matchup. Yeah. Just, just in full disclosure, I'm going to say that was kind of Nick Chubb heavy. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> so that may or may not be all that relevant. <laughs> well, this uh, is. You, uh, I guess you can skip it then. <laughs> little interesting. Cross them uh, off the list. According to Mr. Mike Reese, starting offensive line and warmups, left to right: Win, Karras, Andrews, Mason, Brown. Oh, which. Uh, I don't. I don't think of all the options I would have considered. I didn't think that Michael and Wenyu not being in the mix would be one of them. So we'll see if that holds once they get in the game. Yep. Sometimes it does not. But uh, but that would be uh, that would be an interesting development there. Let's if, go to if Michael and Wenyu was out. Let's go to Alex in Chicago before we get to our six pack. Go ahead, Alex. Hey guys, how's it going? Real good. Hey. Uh, so first of all, I think Miles Garrett is absolutely ridiculous because yep. he's uh, he's saying happy hunting, or it wasn't him, but. He, uh, he had something to say about Mac, and it's coming from a guy that ripped off somebody's helmet and tried to decapitate someone. So that was really kind of crazy to hear this week. Um, but my question on that is, uh, do you guys think guys should be fined for stuff like that? I, and I know it's kind of a joke saying happy hunting on Mac, but do you think the league should kind of take a look at that? Like, are guys actually going to start hitting him even harder now? Or do you think it was all just sort of for show and we'll forget about it for this week? Uh, go Pat. That's all I got to say. I mean, it's it, uh, trying to apply logic to like the league and who they find and when they find it. That I mean, that's just for me is so complicated. I don't think they're going to find them. I don't think they should be fines. What? But there are fines for so I didn't many have stupid any things. Like I don't really tar- care. Again, I'm not the target audience. What? Because because uh, the pass rushers are not going to go after Mac right. Jones. Right. Unless they're going to go a little harder happy now. Hunting. Like, like, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll give you. You know, I'll, I'll go. It's not back. a bounty. Yeah. See, I'm going to go back to that. I don't. A bounty is if, – if you have proof that guys were incentivized to hurt people, that to me is wrong. Yes. If you're paying guys for sacks, for interceptions and bounties – and I understand it's, it, you can't do it. It's like a salary cap yeah. violation. Yeah. I understand the, the need to punish it as the NFL. But I'm talking about from a morality standpoint. I have no problem with that at all. Like the NFL had to punish the, the Saints – for having a bounty system because that's a – I mean, in, in a way, that's a salary cap violation. So I get why they got in trouble for it. But you're telling me that, like, Miles Garrett this week is going to try extra hard to hurt Mac Jones because of what Brian Burns said? No. I'm right. sorry, but you can't possibly convince me of that. No, because it would be so obvious that's what's happening. So, number one, Miles Garrett isn't dumb enough to try and pull plus that I off. I really don't think there's a lot – like, he brought up the, – the caller brought up the point of the, the Miles Garrett helmet swinging, which we brought up earlier in the show. That's despicable. He got suspended for the rest of the season, and he deserved to be. Probably got off, you know, a little light in this day and age. He probably got off – about as uh, well as you could expect. That was a despicable act. That, to me, rises to a whole different level of anything we're talking about. 
but in terms of you know he said what did he say like i hope he doesn't turn into an ankle grabber this week that like that's <laughs> like really like find him what are we doing find everybody grow up knock knock was there sue sue who so we saw sue everybody <laughs> <laughs> so, you. so we saw some shots there of the uh, of the offensive line as as Reese reported warming up and um, you know just wondering if it's some kind of matchup thing, if, if on when you weren't to go at right tackle, just simply the speed off the edges. I mean, I think Michael and when you great going forward, mauling guard, maybe if you had to question what he's not great at at right tackle, getting out, speed, get it, you know. I mean, Trent Brown, big guy, might give you a little bit of a, of, of a better matchup against Clowney. Okay. This guy, huh? And, and here's Bill and Bozeman, who I think brings up a good question. He said, I'm surprised by the Trent Brown doubt. He was a starter when he went out. Why wouldn't he return as a starter? The big question is right or left. Now we're getting yeah. some indication. He said he's injury prone, obviously, but when healthy, he's pretty, pretty yeah, no, good. No one's suggesting that he's not one of the best five linemen when healthy. He hasn't done anything in no. 10 weeks. I, yeah. th- I think the question is more about is he really going to play? This is the guy who has not played a right. ton. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think the doubt is. That's that's where my question is, and, and I I think I said it a lot of different ways. I have no idea what they're going to do. Mm. I think they they can go in a number of different ways. No, it's it's. I mean, it's good to have, but I I think the point is valid that they started this season off and they played seven snaps with the offensive line that they wanted. So I would guess at some point they're going to go back to that and give it another shot. All right, should we do the six pack now? This is the Sunday six pack, so kick back and listen to the position. I'm itching to get the picks back. You better bring a big stack. Don't get it mixed, yeah. I came to win it, yeah. This is the Sunday six pack. All right, first we uh, find out how we did last week, and then we'll get the season totals. Matt, what do we got? Hardy three and three, Paul three and three, Mike two and four. Which brings the season totals to Hardy twenty-seven and twenty-two. Oh. Paul, 24 and 25. Oh. Mike, 22, 27. Oh. Yeah. All right. So maintaining my lead here in the Sunday six yeah, I wasn't able to gain any ground, although I will say that my buddy Matt tried to allow me to gain some ground. Yeah, by, there was. By giving me a win that I did not uh, earn. Shenanigans. Yeah. Shenanigans. All right. Let's, uh, let's take a look. We have six games to choose from today. One, two, three, one o'clock games. And. Uh, all right, let's get going. What do we got? The 5-3 and three New Orleans Saints at the 7-2 and two Tennessee Titans. Tennessee minus three. Oh, <laughs> Deuce, I'm one. glad you're up first. Yeah, no no Julio. He's on IR now, which puts another crimp in that offense. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm still going to take Tennessee. I, I still think they're a real good team at home, and I think they'll figure out a way. Yeah, I'm going to take the Titans as well. No Alvin Kamara uh, I think is huge for the Saints. I think that's their one player. Uh, really, that they can rely on an offense. I think they're still. This would be this would be an ugly game. I think because I don't think the the Titans are great offensively, and I do think the Saints are great defensively. So it's another one of those under games, Hardy. But I'll take Tennessee. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm kind of thrown off by this notion that home field is not really worth three points anymore. Yeah, so isn't if it the, funny if the home team is laying three points? Is it really? Is it is it an even game? Is it more like uh, actually they're like maybe a one point home dog? Like no, they're a favorite. They're still a f- uh, because if you're only giving them like one and a half to two and a half. Points, okay, you're so there'd be a one point, point favorite. Favorites. Right, right, right. Okay, I see what you're saying. So yeah, trying to factor that in, I'm going to go with Tennessee. I do not love the line. I do not love this game. It's one that I would not bet if I uh, were not forced to pick one here. But I'll take the Titans. We're all going Titans, huh? Yep. All right. Remember those Titans. 
Next, we have the 4-4 four four Atlanta Falcons at the 6-2 Dallas Cowboys. Dallas minus 8.5. I'm going to take Dallas in the bounce-back game. Um, although, if I were the Cowboys, I'd be worried. <laughs> this is what you do. Uh, this is a game you really should bounce back at home and, and take care of business against the Atlanta Falcons. I'll take Dallas. I think so, too, and I think they win today, but... I'm sorry. I, I have a lot of questions about that team right now after their performance last week, and I think the, the Falcons can lose by a touchdown. Okay. And um, for that reason, i gotta take, I got to take Atlanta plus 8.5. Yeah, I'm going to take Atlanta plus 8.5, too, just uh, diving into them a little bit. I think uh, Matt Ryan playing pretty well, and Dallas, we'll see. 4 p.m. games, 3-5 and five Minnesota Vikings at the 5-3 and three Los Angeles Chargers, the lack minus 3. I liked the lack last week going up against Philadelphia. I was proven correct. I like them again this week. I'm going with the Chargers. Yeah, I like the lack too. They uh, continue to, to push on. I, I think they're going to be right in the mix down at the end. Yeah, I'll make it unanimous. I, I'll take the lack at home, even though it's not the best home field advantage. Minnesota just finds ways to lose games. The 3-6 and six Philadelphia Eagles at the 5-4 and four Denver Broncos. Denver minus 1.5. Deuce, you're up first. Whoo, Denver. Mm, tough one. I, You know what? i got to take Denver. They're at home, of course, and I think that, that that's, that'll be enough. It's a tough game to call, though. I think they're similar teams. Now, this is one of U.S. Hardy. Only a 1.5-point home favorite. So right. what are they saying? What is I don't mean? know what they're saying. I'm going to take the Broncos. <laughs> I think Philadelphia thinks they should have won that game last week. I think they... They don't think of, you know, of all the teams that are in the position they are right now in the season, they really don't think of themselves as a 3-6 and six team. I'm going to take the Eagles in this one. Moving on to the Sunday night football game, the 5-4 and four Kansas City Chiefs at the 5-3 and three Las Vegas Raiders, Kansas City minus 3. Pauly Paul. Yeah, I'm going to continue with my theme, uh, and um, I'm not going to take Kansas City to cover a game until they, you know, cover a game. I'll, I'll take the Raiders. It's really, really smart. I think Kansas City is is going to show that they are still Kansas City at some point. So I got to keep. I'm going to kick myself the week I don't. I don't bet them. I, when, I hear when, you. When I'm they, on that train they, too. When they come I hear through. you. <laughs> so I left I, the train and I've been taking the wins the last few weeks, and I'll see if I, you know, like I might lose this one. Yeah, I'll take the Chiefs. I, I'm going to take the Chiefs too. Uh, Paul put me a little bit on the uh, the fan analysis couch with this pick this week, analyzing my my pick. But I, I'm going to stick with Kansas City. Uh, I'm in the same boat as you, Hardy. At some point, I think they're going to kick a little bit better into gear. And wrapping it up with the five and four Cleveland Bla- Cleveland Browns at the five and four New England Patriots. New England minus one. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm going to take the Patriots today. I, and if I'm going to take them, it's ridiculous to think that they can't win this by a field goal today. So yes, I I will take the Pats. Twenty one eighteen. Yeah, that sounds about right. I've kind of been all over the place with my, my picks this week. I, I definitely like the Patriots minus one. I think they're going to have a good game. Score prediction, I've been a little bit torn. It's been falling a little bit, but I'll, I'll say mm, 27-17 Patriots. Yeah, I like the Patriots too. I just feel like um, they have more um, of an ability to sort of adapt to the way the game goes if it's not unfolding the way they want it to. And I wonder... I think Stefanski has shown to be so far a pretty good coach. Yeah. But I wonder if they can sort of adjust on the fly if Dearness Johnson's not getting it done and they have to sort of go with a different kind of game plan. 
I know the Patriots can do that because I've seen them do it a million times. Yeah. So for that reason, I'm going to say the Patriots squeak this one out 24-20. to 20. All right. There we go. That is their six-pack in the book. What did what'd you say, Matt? I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> now I heard you. Yeah, here's how the Patriots deal with, you know, we didn't really mention Austin Cooper, David Njoku, those guys, those, those tight ends, just how, so as you ends. mentioned, Paul, yeah. if, they, if they can't get it going uh, on the ground, you know, how do they use those guys? I mean, those are really their, their best threats. I mean, Landry hasn't been effective this year yet. Can that suddenly get in gear for them, or, or do they lean into those tight ends? And like I said many times in the show, how do the Patriots match up with those multiple tight end sets? How do they deal and the with the secondary guys? has played better the last couple of weeks that they might, might have something going. I saw something that uh, indicated Baker May- Mayfield really struggles against man coverage. So I wonder if they'll see more man today than we've seen mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks when they've been more with the zones. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. He's shown a lot of zip on his passes there in the uh, – I was watching another monitor that uh, was showing a little bit of Baker there in the uh, warm-ups there today. Look good. He didn't look bad. He didn't look bad. Mm. Didn't look bad. I think I think we're gonna have a tight game today, and uh, just in terms of predictions, yeah. I think it's a close one today. So isn't that all? Isn't that what we all wish for at the at the end of the day? Just well, a, Deuce does. Deuce just a good football game. Deuce is game. only interested in, in the excitement. Uh, level. Yeah, but I'd love it. If I'll it take the end, blowout if the closeness ended about five <laughs> minutes left, so I could just write my piece in peace without having to worry about back and forth. Can we just get the score established, let the game, and then I'd be happy. I understand. Uh, well, you know, I I want good things for everyone, so. If we can somehow get to a place where we both get that, fine, great, whatever. In the meantime, uh, thank you for listening and watching and emailing. Uh, We hope that you'll join us for the post-game show immediately following today's contest here at Gillette Stadium between the Patriots and the Browns. We'll talk to you then. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts.